Interesting, though, that we judge these characters for what they say, but we kind of let Sawyer get away with a lot of I the know. same things. That's the truth. And I think that, that the difference is that, like, we see Sawyer in the future and we know that he gets better, When whereas these characters, we see this one time, and so we have no way of knowing if they learn from their mistakes. Yeah, but even early Sawyer was pulling this yeah. kind of yeah. crap. But he didn't have a shirt on, so it was fine. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but I thought it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Our Lost Podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like rooting anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I had to choose whether to go on the raft or to stay on the island, I would definitely stay on the island because I would be super paranoid on that raft and not be able to even sleep. Uh, it, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at, at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And um, I would stay on the island because I'm really afraid I would get seasick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And this week, we have the lovely <laughs> Joe Garfine with us. Yay! Woo-hoo! Thanks for having me, team aficionados. This is super cool. Uh, I'll give my little spiel, and I'll try and speak as quickly as you, which comes very naturally to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. My name is Joe, and a lady doesn't reveal her age, but I don't really think I'm of myself as a lady, but either way, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area with my lovely wife, Lisa, and our brooding cat, Mulder. There used to be a scully. There's no longer a scully. That's a long story. I used to have a Lost blog that was pretty popular about theories about Lost, and now I'm the co-founder and executive director of a small charity called Cancer Gets Lost. You can find me at Twitter, at Joe Opinionated, with his word opinionated with a J, and at Cancer Gets Lost. And basically, I would stay on the beach because, let's face it, I need an audience. <laughs> That was fantastic. Ooh, I only flubbed a few words, so. It sounded beautiful. Okay, good. Also, I like that it's a small charity because to me, cancer gets lost is like gigantic. Yeah. If, it stresses yeah. me out to say that because it's such an overwhelming success, which is an excellent problem to have that I'm like, it's a small grassroots. It's me. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's small. Let's just pretend. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what lost means to you? Huh. Without a doubt, uh, a television show can change your life. I think a lot of people are finding that now within other yeah. fan communities like The 100 mm-hmm. um, and many others, of course, Winona Earp specifically. Um, but Lost mm-hmm. Changed My Life. It uh, clicked on an, anal- an analytical on button in my brain and inside my soul in a way that no other television series has. The Lost fan community is where I discovered a kind world of constructive conversation pre-Twitter and um, <laughs> generous human beings. And so it is also where they are, where I discovered I would be able to make a tiny dent of difference in this world at the intersection of pop culture and philanthropy. So to go from having a lost theory blog where my brain was activated to then uh, meeting the cast and crew at charity events and having this sort of epiphany that we can make a difference on our small level at fa- on the fandom level um, that everyone wins. We're going to make a difference in someone's lives by joining to a charity. And then you get to take a piece of your favorite show home. I feel like it's a really interesting business model and niche that not many people have had success with. So I, I feel very lucky and lost. I owe everything to that show and that fandom. And did you start Cancer Gets Lost while the show was still on or was it afterwards? No, my friend Jared and I were at the official ABC Lost auction the year it ended. and it, Oh, she fancy. It, uh, we fancy. <laughs> we were at like an airplane hangar in Santa Monica and we sat there for like 18 hours and we watched and bid on things that we could never afford. And it was great. But then at the end, we realized not one cent 
no offense, ABC, but not one set was given to charity. And it was, you know, I would say they probably raised a million dollars in those two days um, with all of the immense catalog of, of stuff. And then, you know, Jared and I were talking about how I have this pretty decent following back then. Listen, I'm excited. I had 3000 followers and loss ended and I thought I peaked. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. I'm at 12 now, so I still can't believe it. I count my lucky stars. Uh, and he said, you have this great following. We're both collectors. Maybe we should, you know, do an auction. My, at the time, I had a really good friend who had a brain tumor, and I was trying to raise money for the National Brain Tumor Society, and we put our brains together and created Cancer Gets Lost. But we weren't able to do our first auction, a big auction, until 2012 because we had to amass some items. And luckily, it was mm-hmm. all basically lost in bad robot shows back then. Uh, but in the meantime... We started talking about it and Jorge Garcia, who plays Hurley on Lost, saw on my blog, uh, he and his girlfriend were followers of my blog and I would listen to their podcast and became friendly with them. And they, he said, would you like a piece of Oceanic 815 for your fundraiser? Uh, Shut up, okay. Jorge. I, that, of course. Yes, yes. So he had this tiny little chunk of metal that he signed the bottom of and he, he shipped it to me and I... I auctioned it off to raise money for my friend Jackie and her, and her brain cancer and it raised so much money and that sort of lit a light in my heart um, that I am mm-hmm. keeping, uh, you know, I'm going to keep the light on as long as I can for so many people. And that's how it started. And um, Jared is more of a silent partner. He's a professor at UCLA. He also works for Walker Soccer Con and Heroes Villains Fan Fest. So he's a busy dude. Um, so mm-hmm. I, oh, wow. I run all the business and the the financial, the marketing, the PR, and he's more of a silent partner, but he's absolutely fantastic. And he's the reason we have things signed by all the Walking Dead people and the DC shows, et cetera. So um, it's a really good sort of partnership. And he's happy to let me take the reins because, as you know, I, I absolutely love it. Snaps for Jared. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And it's it's not not that we advertise it. It's just very interesting that we're both, you know, he has a husband. I have a wife. We're, you know, we're an openly gay grassroots charity. We don't advertise that, but it's just kind of super cool yeah. that we met through fandom. And we have a lot in common on that level. And now we're trying to, and we've, none of us have children. And we decided that this would be our baby. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. And well, Andrew Katz, of course. Yes, of course. I mean, yes. I, we have, uh, we all have fur babies. It's true. Yeah. I actually had no idea that you even had a silent partner. I thought it was just you the whole time. That's, that's because the last few years it's been just me, which is fine. Like I, I, I always <laughs> did the marketing PR, which is my favorite part. Um, and okay. yeah, just sort of quietly a couple of years ago, I took over most of the aspect of it. Um, because frankly, I mean, we have a 501c3 status thanks to a fiscal sponsor, which is a philanthropy company. They have the 501c3 mm-hmm. for us. They run our PayPal. They run our financials. And basically, but I, Lisa and I, my wife and I fund it. So we we put okay. our own money gotcha. into Cancer Gets Lost and get reimbursed with our own money for travel expenses. And by we, I mean me. Um, and uh, <laughs> so it's like, so to have fans starting to actually donate money to Cancer Gets Lost is a game changer for me. Because it's been our own name, which is totally fine, and we're happy. And I've never made a dime off of Cancer Gets Lost, and I don't intend to. Uh, but it's it's, it's mm-hmm. a very it, things are shifting, and I'm 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 so grateful to be on this journey. I mean, just watching it get bigger, even over the last couple what, years, two three years, yeah. has been. A privilege. I, thank you. And I have to say, you know, it's because of the 100 fandom. And I, I started off being a fan. And I still am. I was writing about the show and podcasting. And through that, I became friendly with the cast. And so many of them, as you know, have their own charitable endeavors. And so I became yeah. very close to Eliza Taylor and Lindsay Morgan and 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 various other people on the cast. Uh, no one more than those two. But um, it's sort of because of the, you know, them with helping spread the word and just this goodwill in, in the 100 community. And we know we've talked about this ad nauseum, how there's a negativity associated with a lot of the 100 fandom, but it's just like 5% of the people. And 
in my experience, 95% of them are more than willing to make amazing bids on items in live and online auctions. And they have, they have donated thousands and thousands of dollars to cancer gets lost. There's a, there's a hundred fan who bought an unsigned production copy of the sketch that Clark did of Lexa for $4,000. 4000 so much in money. my last auction. Like, oh my other God. fans are outspending lost fans, which is not something I thought I'd see in my lifetime. <laughs> um, I want to get yeah, on that level. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And it, <laughs> I, like every day, like I always, I overuse the word grateful, but I love the phrase cultivate the habit of being grateful because I'm constantly mm-hmm. surprised by the generosity of human beings. There, there's my tangent. Okay. I loved it. <laughs> um, so you watched Lost Live. And that's amazing to me because I started Lost as soon as it ended. Oh, wow. But see, you didn't have to go through agonizing years and months in between of seasons. Yeah, Yeah. it's a really, like, fine line whether I'm glad the way I did it. Right. And and whether I would have rather watched it that way. And I think that I like the way I did it just because I was able to remember. Yes all of the details and stuff. But yeah, tell me what it was like watching it live. I think that the reason I started a Lost Theory blog is I had so much in my head to get out and I would start to literally Mm -hmm. share it at the water cooler at work. And my friend Jamie King, I'll never forget this, said, why don't you get your own mother effing blog? And that way I could share it with my friends. And it became a thing (laughs) where she, I hadn't even thought about this. So the first, from 2004 is when Lost started. And I watched the first season. And of course I loved it. And everyone talks about how the episode that got them was John Locke's episode, episode four, the wheelchair mm-hmm. reveal. Yeah. Okay. For Walk me, about. it was White Rabbit. It was the episode after with Christian Shepherd showing up on the island. And yeah. that, something in my brain went, what? And I didn't start writing about it until the end of season two because I didn't know what to do with myself. Um, but that's when I was on okay. MySpace. I'm aging myself. And we all would talk about it on MySpace. Oh. Yep. <laughs> True story. Wait, so did it never like... It, it- like come to you that maybe you wanted to do it like on live journal or anything like that. Yeah. It was just, it was just sort of in, interacting on MySpace, And I just thought, Oh, I'm not one of those people who could do this and no one's going to want to listen to me. Um, and I just, it's sort of, I got very lucky that my uh, blog caught fire. And I think it's because like I, I was with the hundred writing and podcast, I'm a hundred percent spoiler free. And I've also choose kindness mm-hmm. has been with me my whole life in terms of being a concept that I try and use online and offline. So I would say explicitly on every blog post, this is a blog where we can encourage constructive conversation, but there's no negativity mm-hmm. allowed toward other people or toward me. And I established that from day one. And when the people from ABC started following me then when we went to Facebook and they started following me in 2008 on Facebook and they would say things like, really appreciate you not spoiling. And also that you're encouraging kindness in this community because things are changing on social media. And so I struck yeah. a chord at the right time, but to watch it live, was amazing. And can I just really quickly tell you about my process for writing about the show? Oh my gosh, okay. of course. Yeah. So again, I was a lot younger, so it was a lot easier to do this, but I would go to work, <laughs> I would get home at six o'clock and have dinner, and then I would have a double espresso. And then I would take, <laughs> I would try to take an hour or two nap, and then I would get up and watch the show. And then I watched the show live once, taking notes and not pausing, because even back then, I don't think I even had uh, any kind of DVR or TiVo when it first started. I would take extensive mm-hmm. notes and I have mm-hmm. all my notebooks still. I'm going to take those with me to the grave. Um, and I le- would drive Lisa crazy because I would just write during the whole episode and look up and try and get all the details. Then I would run to my laptop and I would go into the guest room. Lisa would go to sleep and I would sit with my laptop and my cats in the guest room and I would type out everything from 10 p.m. when the episode ended until 3 a.m. and I cut myself off because I had to get up at 7 a.m. for work <gasps> the next day. So every Wednesday night, if it changed to Thursday night, I would do that exact 
thing. I had people emailing me in the middle of the night going, I'm on the treadmill in New York. Where's your blog? And I'm like, I'm still working on it. Yeah. It was crazy. That's how I knew it was sort of catching on. And then the hits that, you know, I got, I didn't want to take on advertisers and I didn't want to write for other people. So I just kept it as a silly blog and it wasn't exactly the best format, but it was a a way to get everything out of my brain. And that's really how this whole thing started. Wow. That's incredible. Opportunities. You know, I I said something this recently, you guys were at unity days. Uh, I said this, I had a cancer good Mm -hmm. sauce panel, which was nice. And I, I got to say something that, you know, genuine passion, opens minds, hearts, and doors. And I learned that during Lost. And that mm-hmm. is how I got to know the people behind the scenes and in front of the camera on Lost because of my genuine passion. And it became, I think, clear on the page. And so when I would meet them and it always makes me laugh, people go, wow, you're just like you are online. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know why you expect it differently, yeah. but I guess some <laughs> yeah. people have multiple personalities, you know, offline and online. I totally find that that sentiment is true in, in our lives yeah. as well. Like I... I was found for the the hundred podcast because I had a different Twitter all about the hundred, and then that's how I was found, and now here yeah. I am. It's fantastic. So many amazing things have right. happened. Right, I guess do- yeah. doors open with genuine passion, and I, I I should tattoo that on myself if I if I wanted another tattoo. But that's the story for another day. <laughs> I don't even have a lost tattoo. There you go. Oh, I do. You do? Yeah, uh-huh. she does. How, how you didn't show it to me? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> she was just going to walk through Unity Days and yank her pant leg up and be like, Joe, look at my and leg. yes. What is it of? <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Here, I, I'm about to get a picture Okay, here. good, good, good. Talks amongst yourselves. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, here, Joe, why don't you um, tell us about some of your favorite characters? Okay. Yes. Um, you know, my favorite character isn't one that people expect, except if, if you've known me for the many years in the Lost community, and that's Juliet mm-hmm. Burke. Dr. Juliet yes. Burke. I'm a yes. huge fan of Liz Mitchell, and I was long before the show, because again, I'm old, and so I've seen her in many things. Um, I just, I, I loved Juliet because in season three, you didn't know which side she was playing. She held her cards so close to the vest, and then with the reveal of Ben, really revealing keeping her on the island and keeping her away from her sister and her nephew, and her her now her um interaction with Jack and uh, with Kate and Sawyer yeah. was so great, and I just I just I hope after season three that she became a regular, and I'm so glad that she did. And I uh, yeah, I, this is I, I we're not getting to spoilers to her later, but I will I'll tell you my reaction to her character later in the spo- spoiler yes. section. But um, I'd say a close second place shared are Hurley and Ben Linus, just for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, Ben Ben was the until until Alicia Dedman Carey came along for Lex, I would say that uh, Michael Emerson was the best guest star to ever make a career out of his role. Um, and mm-hmm. I would say that that's what I think of Alicia uh, on the hundred. And I Ben Linus, you know, when when he Michael Emerson showed up, it was a game changer for the show. And they actually literally had to change the yeah, show for absolutely. him. Um, and yeah. he's also one of the most delightfully intellectual human beings I've had the pleasure of talking to. Um, and obviously Hurley being comic relief as someone who tries to be that person comforting through humor. I always appreciated that. Yep. And it's fascinating that in real life, he's funny, but he is not at all like Hurley. Uh, Jorge is quieter and more of a sarcastic observer than Hurley. That's really yeah. interesting. His Instagram kind of yes. reflects that too. Yeah, totally. And yeah. he's getting all these flashbacks from lost set on his Instagram. And I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. Those have been really cute lately. I've been really yeah. enjoying those. He seems to just genuinely love yeah. the show. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, it made his career yeah. as well. 
I mean, I look at Evangeline yeah. Lily. A sweet Evangeline Lily is now a Marvel oh my superhero. God, what? The Incredible. Like this girl from it Alberta. Was her first role, and she. So they basically had to delay the filming of her section of the pilot because her work visa was in question because she was an actress who got hired to do this crazy pilot and be sent to Hawaii from Alberta. And they didn't. I don't know if they didn't believe her. There was some holdup, so they had to delay her scene by a day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. And now she's a Marvel superhero, and I think it's great because she's so lovely. Yeah. It always blows my mind when people from Alberta, like, make it big, like Nathan Fillion and Trisha Helfer, and obviously, like, Evangeline. I'm like, what? And obviously, uh, like, future me, you know. Right. Oh, yeah, and Robin, of course. <laughs> well, and Katie Lang, so. Yeah. Oh, duh, duh. Yeah. My bad original. Gay, bad gay. <laughs> that, that's okay. You know what? Again, old gay here is going to first affiliate Alberta with Katie Lang. <laughs> Claire would be so ashamed of me right now. It's okay. Hashtag old gay, everybody. Old gay. Right here. I want to make that thing. <laughs> um, I sent I sent my tattoo into the chat. Okay, good. Oh, the numbers. Yeah. Cool. And the okay. flower. It, where is the flower? Uh, that's on my arm. That's not really relevant. That's just the only picture that I could find because I got them done at the same time. So the, the numbers are on the back of your leg toward the ankle. Yeah, like cool. calf area. Yeah. Have, have you people actually noticed them and talk about them? Uh, during the summer when I'm like wearing like capris or shorts right. or whatever. Yeah. Oh, you mean not when it's below zero? No. Weirdly, <laughs> nine enough, months out of the year. I do actually have a story <laughs> about that. Uh, this summer, um, I worked on a summer camp and we had Everett on a couple episodes ago and he was with me. Uh, also being a supervisor of the children's film summer camp. It was great. And it was like our first day and I was wearing capris and we, and of course Everett's seen the whole series. Like we're both on the same page there and we're walking through. And one of our, like the lady who was like the organizer, she noticed it. And she said, what are those? Your lottery numbers. (laughs) (laughs) And me and Everett Everett were like, yes. Yes, that's, that's what it that's is. That's an yes. easier explanation. Yes. Did you, there was that one there was a one year in the states where everyone played the lost numbers and like all these people played them so that they only got like $5 each when they actually came up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like I think the four of the numbers came up and then because so many people played them and I'm like, "Don't you remember Hurley saying the numbers are bad people?" They literally yeah. said, "Don't do that." <laughs> right. Right. Didn't they say that it sometime in our lifetime someone will hit like just mathematically, someone will hit a big payout with those numbers. Uh, it's very likely, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would love for it to be me, just putting that out there in the universe. Thank you so excellent, much. Excellent, excellent, good, good, good. <laughs> okay, Britt, do you want to start us up here? Um, hang on, I want to read this point that says that Joe was an extra on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV series. <laughs> What? Right, right. What? <laughs> uh, back in 1994, I was in college, and I didn't want to go home for the summer and live with my parents. Oh, boy. Uh, as you do. Uh, yep, aging myself. Again, hashtag old gay. I was and, negative uh, one. Okay. You know what? <laughs> Shut up, Robin. Okay, I okay. I had cough syrup and not alcohol. That's not fair. Um, <laughs> no, I was uh, LA adjacent, and I needed a job, and I thought, why don't I go try and be an extra and I knew that I wasn't going to be an extra for a living and that I wouldn't take it seriously. And apparently that's what works for people because people there were so desperate to get in any scene that they were begging the cast and directors. I brought a book. I literally think I was on set of the Power Rangers reading Jane Aaron eating a donut and in my spare time. And 
they would put me in all these scenes and they said, you're about the same size as the pink ranger. Now I used to be skinnier and smaller. Okay. So I was the size of Amy Jo Johnson. Oh my God. All of us. Yeah. You were (laughs) negative one. I get it. Um, (laughs) So I literally like was a quote friend of the pink ranger for 10 episodes in 1994, the power rangers. And all that meant was every day I had to wear a different color that wasn't pink. So they said, go to the gap and get t-shirts in, you know, every color that also isn't a power ranger. So imagine trying to find shirts that are not, yellow, black, red, blue, green, or pink. So (laughs) I wore bright orange quite a bit. uh, And uh, they would do things like, hey, dance like you're dancing to Janet Jackson. And then they would air the episode and it'd be like jazz music. So uh, it looked pretty Uh, dumb. And I've only seen myself once. I've never found it since. And I am glad that really, people have looked on YouTube. No one's found me. All I know is I got paid decently to be a Pink Ranger person friend for the summer of 1994. And that's my fact. Challenge accepted. I will Uh, find it. Yes. You know what? I'm (laughs) sad to say that now I feel like someone will. No, they're going to. I can guarantee it because I'm going to try. Oh, I had a terrible like Bob haircut too. I can't wait. Not like Bob Morley, but like yeah. Bob Bob over my ears haircut. The classic 90s. Robin, you wouldn't know you were a fetus. It's true. Wow, excuse you. You're, yeah, you, yeah, you were many things and that was one of them. Yes. I was <laughs> negative five to plus five in the 90s. Wow. Old. Wow. <laughs> You're so young and youthful and vibrant. It's cute. <laughs> it's cute. I like it. Today we have words to say about episode 123 of Lost, Exodus Part 1. So Exodus um, is the title of one of the books in the Bible. Uh, from what I can can tell from the Wikipedia article here, it's it's about it's about Moses and how he's like leading them because he's the prophet or whatever. So... That kind of works, or whatever. <laughs> that makes sense, though. Is what Robin I'm Google's Bible things. Welcome to my new podcast. Robin explains the Bible, which she knows nothing about. Uh, me, me either. I'm a terrible Jew. I have no idea. <laughs> me too. I have no clue. I went to Catholic st- school. Still no clue. Awesome. Before I knew that Exodus was a Bible book, I just thought it meant it was like a fancy word for exit. Okay. So I thought it made sense because they're like leaving on the raft or whatever, but I don't think that's what it actually means. Bob, I don't know. Bob Marley song didn't cross your mind? What? Ask her if she knows who Bob Marley okay, is. You I are- know who he is. I just don't know anything <laughs> about him. Oh wow. This is this is fun. Robin, what are your thoughts on Tupac? <laughs> I I don't know if his death is a controversy. That's all I know. That's that's true. That's you're not wrong. That is a fact. Exodus was a Bob Marley and the Wailers album. <laughs> Tell me about it. Wow. I can't. But yeah, that's all I know about it. Okay. <laughs> Ask me about I know about something else. I'm not asking you about High School Musical. Well, oh, I, the okay. reason I brought up Bob Marley is that it'll, and I'll get to this in the spoiler section. It, yeah. Someone else on the show might sing a Bob Marley song in an episode or two. Yeah. <gasps> Pretty uh, coming, up, coming up here. Yeah. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Uh, oh, the broadcast was, date was, was May 18th, 2005. It was written by our boys, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse. And it was directed by our boy, Jack Bender. <laughs> <laughs> Robin loves Jack Bender a lot. He's I love Jack amazing. Bender, and I love Damon Lindelof because we're best friends. Well, Oh, really? And but- by that, I mean, I met him once and I cried. <laughs> fair. Fair. Yeah. I, uh, I but ne- he wasn't even weirded out about it. Like... <laughs> 
Maybe. I don't, he didn't seem like he was weirded out, but he could have been. I, I have luckily had the great pleasure of hanging out with Damon and Carlton quite a bit, and I have never yeah. cried around either of them. But I have to say, I get more nervous around Carlton. He's much more... Not serious, but, you know, Damon's very, like, how you doing, buddy, buddy. Yes, Carlton yes. is, like, this tall, giant Harvard, like, intellectual who, like, he, to be fair, he's running, like, six shows at a time. When I basically, yeah, yeah. I bring a, a suitcase of items to get signed by each of them once a year. I lay it on the table. They come in and say hello. They sign all the items from Lost and their new shows. And that's about the time I get with them these days. But right. it's, like, it's, like, Damon is much more, like, sit around, have a beer with kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, he even let me hug him, and he wasn't weird about it. Oh, special. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I always feel like he's like, well, I'm not Jorge. Like, who are, why would you want to hug me? But, but you know, I've seen him in all the bonus features. Like, oh. he means a lot to me. I know that this stuff came from his brain, and it really, it meant a lot to me. And so, yeah, he, yeah, he was nice. Absolutely. They created one of the best shows, arguably the best show ever, plus The Leftovers, yep. which is spectacular. Yeah. Jack mm-hmm. Bender has gone on to do amazing things. He directed Game of Thrones, and he's doing all these other yep. projects. He's an, an amazing artist. He drew in the hatch. He drew, sorry, spoiler yeah. alert, he's the one who drew the wall in the hatch. Most of the art on the show that happens is Jack Bender's. Yes. I do believe that the one that like Thomas was painting in Raised by Another, uh, yes. Claire's uh, ex-boyfriend, all of his paintings were Jack Bender's. Yep. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of, if you see art, it's almost always Jack Bender. It's great. Um, do you want to introduce the recap, Britt? Yes. Okay. So what Robin is going to do here is try and recap Lost in the style of Lost in <laughs> eight minutes and eight, 15 seconds. Wow. And if she fails at it, she is going to speed herself up in post so that it's under a minute. And uh, sometimes when she does it, she sounds like a chipmunk, and it delights me so much. Great. In the first part of the season one finale, we join Rousseau and co. on a journey to the Black Rock, which isn't a rock, but a dope-ass ship. We gotta get some dynamite to open the hatch, because the others are coming. On the way, they come across the monster and learn some fun facts about our buddy Arst. On the beach, the raft is coming along nicely, and everyone comes together to get it floating, but a few parts of it break. So after some side-eyeing at Sawyer, he takes initiative and cuts a new mast himself, telling Jack an important story in the process. Walt gives Vincent to Shannon to help her grieve Boone's death, and once the raft finally gets going, Vincent breaks the entire world's hearts by trying to get to Walt. Turn back, Vincent! Thanks a lot, Jack Bender. In the flashback, Michael and Walt continue to have difficulties. Jack meets important and notable season two character, Ana Lucia. Sawyer gets deported from Australia for breaking a mug, among other things. Kate gets read by the marshal, the library is open. Shannon literally implicates Saeed as a terrorist, and Sun overhears some secret racism. The episode ends on a hopeful note, but remember, the others are coming. That was beautiful, and it was like 55 seconds. What was it? 55 seconds. Oh, hey. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's pretty good. All right. I'm going to get my notes out here. I don't think I missed anything. No. I think we should no. And you got a truly fantastic drag race joke in there. Thank so. you so much. <laughs> Claps all around. They sure did. Nice job. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the hatch huh. slash dynamite for the hatch. That's the first thing we're going to talk about. So Walt wakes up. He has to pee. Uh, he sees Danielle and he's like all sneaky, sneaky guy. And he wakes everybody else up. It's nice that like Sawyer immediately knows. He's like, oh, that must be the French chick. <laughs> must be her. Who else could it possibly be? And there's this moment between Rousseau and Claire, which we will like surface right now. We can say that it's like, because da- Danielle lost her baby and Claire has a baby. But there's definitely more underneath there that we can talk about in the spoiler section. Okay. Yeah. Saeed is up in here being like, hey, bud, what's up? What are you doing here? And she's like, the others are coming. 
it's time for some drama. So, so yeah. what was the initial reaction to Russo when she showed up? Like, because I didn't watch season one live. I watched season six live. So was everyone kind of shocked that she was back on the beach? Oh, for sure. We're like, literally her name, the entire sixth season was crazy French lady. Like we, even when we learned her name, we called her crazy French lady. Mm. <laughs> well, and if you think about it, Rousseau's the first other, other person who wasn't yeah. all, that we don't know. So it's so intriguing. And the fact that she really, we didn't give us much. So it was kind of cool. We had no idea. Right. Cause the only other person was Ethan and he wouldn't tell us anything. Right. Tom Cruise. Plus, Ethan pretended to be a Canadian, and I was disappointed. In him. Also, he's Tom Cruise's cousin, so. Yep. That blew my mind. <laughs> well, like Hollywood's it, actually really tiny. Yeah, I remember when I was t- when I told Brittany that, and she was just like, I never would have seen this until now. Oh, I see it in his face. Yeah. 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 Now that I know to look for it, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally Tom Cruise's yeah, cousin. So Thomas yeah, so Thomas Mapather is in most Tom Cruise movies, and he has a cameo. William, right? Yeah. I said, Thomas, hi, William Apather, it's been a few years, sorry. (laughs) I blame the cold medicine. Ooh, fair. Why? Yes, yes. Yeah. Rousseau tells us the story uh, of what kind of happened here. She had six team members, and she was seven months pregnant and delivered the baby herself. And, like, it's this moment where you see Claire, and Claire's like, man, glad that wasn't heckin' me. (laughs) Boy. Um, she says they were there for one week and then they saw smoke five kilometers in. That means that the others are coming. So it's time to run, hide, or die. Wait, did she use like kilometers? Like, yeah, because she's French, does- right? So she's, she says oh, kilometers. Right. Yeah. I forgot. It's only America who doesn't use it. Right. You silly people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, they, before... Uh, have they named the baby yet? Have they? No. Uh, next episode, okay. we will get the baby's name. But that was basically the last baby born on the island, right? Was Rousseau's baby before? I think yes. I think so. Okay. Because, well, but but he wasn't, yeah. you know, Be- conceived there. Exactly. Okay. And um, you guys already had the Ethan episode. Can, so can we just talk about the anagram? You, you know that Ethan Rom is an yes. other man. Yep. Okay. Just want to make sure. Like they did that on purpose, right? Oh, oh tons of anagrams. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because sometimes I can't believe the level of detail that this show puts in because, you know, we don't really get that with modern television because there's so many shows on the air and it's just sort of, they don't leave Easter eggs like that anymore unless you have something like, I think, Westworld. Yeah. Yep. But, I think you know, at season one, they were already doing that. Oh, Lost changed the television landscape. They yeah. basically, Easter eggs were in existence before, but not to the depth that they were presented on Lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I remember um, when Battlestar was airing, people would be looking for, like, lost-level <laughs> Easter eggs. And I was like, guys, you can't look that deep. It, 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 it's nope. not going to work. <laughs> Very few shows have achieved it since. Yeah. I'm- yeah, I actually can't think of another one that has. Yeah. But you're right. Westworld comes close. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, probably the yeah, closest other than Westworld. I can think of. Yeah. So Jack doesn't really believe her story um he's basically like this isn't something that i can focus on right now i need to focus on what's like actually happening um but it seems like Locke potentially does uh i have a question now okay okay are you ready (laughs) yes i'm excited um well because i always want to know everyone's opinions on jack and jack's character because he's such a divisive character So, Joe, how do you feel about Jack? Oh, I was hoping you didn't ask that. Um, <laughs> so sorry. You know what? You don't have to answer no, no. if you don't want to. I would. I will say, yeah. and I have never. This is 
Hmm. Matthew Fox is not someone that Kansuka Sauce has ever met or worked with, and neither has me as mm-hmm. a person. Uh, he doesn't do right. a lot uh, for many reasons. Sure. Uh, I know that he would never listen to any podcast, so I can say this on air, but I feel like I never liked Jack until season six. That's totally fair. Okay. I and I, I get agree. that he's the hero and the star, and they're yeah. they, we'll get, when we get to the spoilers, we'll talk about how anyway i can't oh there's so much i can't say um i will just (laughs) write it down don't forget okay i will just say that i i understood jack's role in season one but i liked him more as other seasons progressed yes i it was way more drawn to Locke. he was an enigma and he was he was not the wussy man that they were trying to make it i knew there was so much more that he was already connected to this island and i just like i was more drawn to him and well, he had a lot more of like the island's mythology tied into his storyline, whereas Jack was very other. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I would say a, a woman of uh, faith or creativity, and my wife is a woman of science, and so it totally goes to you know it works that I, of course, lean towards someone who's more um, open-minded yep. toward <laughs> yeah. the island being something and uh, not having a reasonable explanation for everything. Have you met Terry O'Quinn, Joe? I have not. Sadly, he's the he and Naveen Andrews are the only two I have not mm. met because they haven't been to the events like the the Paley Fest ten year right. reunion and stuff. And so I was on the red carpet in season six premiere, and they cut off the red carpet to start the show before Terry O'Quinn got to me. Ah, alas! Oh, that's but I was in his presence, so that worked. Sure, sure, that counts. <laughs> that, that totally counts. counts. And that counts. and that's where I first met Henry and Cusick. Anyway, that's that story. We'll talk about that <gasps> later. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I want yeah. to talk about that for the <laughs> podcast. Thanks. Um, so Walt sees the black smoke, and uh, Danielle's like, listen, I don't even know like any more answers. I totally told you everything that I know, but I can like go wherever and just hide. But you have literally 40 people, so like, what are you going right. to do? You have a bigger problem. I can vanish into the jungle, but I'm just one person. You have 40 people. Where will you hide them? And Jack and Locke are like, womp, we know. <laughs> We've already talked about this. But Rousseau has never seen anything like man-made on the island like this before. And so they're like, how do you know it'll even fit everybody? And they talk about the other entrance, which we kind of talked about last last episode and how there has to be a, another entrance. Said is saying, this hatch literally could be the other's hatch. Like, we don't know. Said's being super... Logical. He's Logical. the voice of reason. He always yes. is the voice of reason. Yeah. yeah. When Robin told me that Saeed was like originally intended to be like one of the leads, uh, yeah. like in place of Jack, I was like, okay, so much makes sense now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, they're saying, hey, we know that you exploded your whole camp thing. Are there more explosives? And she's like, totally. Yeah, at the Black Rock. <laughs> and like up till now, everyone's still just being like, oh my gosh, a Black Rock. That must be a giant ass rock. Oh, we we <laughs> all did in season one. We're like, uh, is that going to literally be a big rock? Yeah. <laughs> How are they hiding all these things in the Black Rock? Why why is this rock so important? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why is it a rock? <laughs> why is it a rock? But she's like. Yeah, totally. There's dynamite in the Black Rock, and it's in the Dark Territory, so that's where we'll go. And Hurley's like, that sounds like three great things. <laughs> I'm totally in. This is a mistake. We don't know anything about these others. We're reacting with no information, no intelligence. This hatch might even be theirs. Black smoke on the horizon doesn't it mean It means that- they're coming. Yeah, we got that. You booby-trapped your shelter with explosives. you have any more? Dynamite. The Black Rock. The dark territory. Well, that's three reasons to go right there. 
I, that's that was gonna be one of my favorite lines, but I, it's it's a struggle to find a favorite line from this episode. Mm-hmm. That's what I said to Robin earlier. I was like, "There's no really good zingers in this one, right? It's all just like really cool dramatic stuff." Exactly. Um. So she's like, "All right, whatever. <laughs> we have to leave soon, and then we'll get there." And they're like, "Cool, let's go." <laughs> Next, I like that Robin's summaries are very entertaining to me. <laughs> um, Jack is talking to everyone and he's like hey guys so here's the plan this is what's happening so yeah just help with the raft and then go to the caves and yeah see you later <laughs> and so Arst comes up and is just like hey by the way I know everything because Hurley tells everyone everything and you should know this already <laughs> and he made um, a fat joke I- yeah, we, we like, yeah, get rid of those. those yeah, I mean, those it, it, the show doesn't date itself very often except with certain things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the fat jokes and then Sawyer's casual racism. Right. right. Yeah. Which, yeah. And Hurley deliberately mixing up the fact that, like, Jin and Sun are Korean. Right. Yeah. yeah. But besides that, it's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> it is, though. Like, you look at it and you're like, okay, you know what? This could be worse. Right. Yeah, yeah. Arst is saying that the dynamite is really old, and he gets the feeling that Danielle Rousseau doesn't really care if they blow up. So <laughs> he needs to make sure that they're being safe. And Jack's like, okay, well, I mean, that sounds reasonable. <laughs> Come along. I, why did anyone listen to Arst in the first place? Uh, listen, I'm going to keep, it sounds like I'm name dropping, but Danny Robick is a dear friend of mine who played Dr. Arst. Okay. And he no, is, I love all of this name dropping. I love it. He is <laughs> hilarious. He was one of the early adopters of getting on board of signing stuff for Cancer Good Sauce. He donated yeah. bobbleheads. He signed stuff. He sent me um, a photograph of him with the dynamite, and he just went, boom, and he signed his name. I, mean, <laughs> I love oh, that's him. so cute. He's so great. Uh, and he also, he just sends me really terrible jokes on text. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, cool. if he's ever, like, you know, not busy or whatever, and he feels like coming and talking on a <laughs> podcast, like, we're oh not God. busy. You would have to bleep out so much. <laughs> I got time. Okay, all right. He does that for me anyway. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I need to text him about the auction, so I'll mention it. Ooh, okay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I digress. <laughs> no, Joe digressions are all the best part. Okay, good. Always welcome. So, Jack goes up to... Sawyer. He calls dynamite boomsticks because he's Sawyer and I love that about him. And he's like, okay, well, I guess goodbye. Like, you know, there's this whole thing with the guns, but that's in a different storyline, so we'll talk about that later. Um, but he's like, I guess this is goodbye, Jack. And like they genuinely think this is goodbye, like potentially forever. It's like, but you guys and are friends. like, I'm gonna do this shirtless. I <laughs> love the gratuitous nature of this show. Uh in the opposite. <laughs> you see more man than you see women. Yep. Yeah. Um, can I just say, jump in again a little bit, that the Jack yep. and Sawyer scene is one of my favorite scenes of the entire series. Yes. It is so emotionally resonant and compelling on both actors' parts. And this is the first time I actually really liked Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, we, and he's not actually saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And this is when the fans created the term jeers, which is Jack tears, yes. which is the yep. almost crying, but not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it's like the, I'm crying, but I'm going to turn my face away because I'm a dude and I'm not supposed to cry. Totally jeering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have not heard that word in a very long time. (laughs) Flashbacks. War flashbacks. Totally. War flashbacks, literally. So um, Sawyer decides to tell Jack about his dad, which he didn't do, even though he figured out that uh, it was his dad who he had been talking about back in 116 Outlaws. And he chose not to tell him about it. But since this is goodbye, Sawyer decided to do a good thing. And we love him. 
I love it too because it really reveals more layers for Sawyer. And you just, I mean, mm-hmm. people love Sawyer immediately for his nicknames, his sarcasm, his shirtlessness, yeah. if you will. Um, but I just love the humanity that was sort of uh, that that layer was revealed through this. It was a huge reveal. Yeah, and it neatly completes his arc this season because when you first meet Sawyer, he's very. I wouldn't say callous, but yeah. you know that there's a huge wall there that no one's going to break through, you know, until Kate, obviously. <laughs> but I like that this moment actually, a lot of his tender moments are with Kate, but in this one, it's Jack. Yeah. About a week before we all got on the plane, got to talking to this man in a bar in Sydney. He was an American, too. Doctor. I've been on some benders in my time, but this guy... He's going for an all-time record. So it turns out this guy has a son. Son's a doctor, too. They'd had some kind of big time falling out. The guy knew it was his fault. Even though his son was back in the States thinking the same damn thing. See, kids are like dogs. Knock them around enough. They'll think they did something to deserve it. Anyway, there's a payphone in this bar, and this guy, Christian, tells me he wishes he had stones to pick up the phone, call his kid. Telling me he's sorry. He's a better doctor than he'll ever be. He's proud. He loves him. I had to take off, but... (laughs) Something tells me he never got around to making that call. That's a huge, I think that's a huge step forward for Sawyer in a lot of ways, yeah. where he's allowing himself to be vulnerable around someone that isn't Kate. I was actually really impressed with Josh Holloway in that episode and then a lot more in later episodes where we'll get to spoilers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Josh. He's a great actor. <laughs> uh, side And he's just, usually here now. Yeah. Side note, I don't know him. I don't have a personal relationship with Josh Holloway. Um but two funny things. I've run into him at things and we like, I, you know, introduced myself. He knows about cancer get sauce. He literally has dimples for miles and the bluest, oh, oh. The bluest eyes I've ever seen ex- until I met Eliza Taylor. I mean, they are <laughs> so blue. Fair. Uh, and he is the most charming human being. And I was like, I said to my friends, ladies, I get it. I get it with him. Yeah. I get yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he is that. He's genuinely charming and handsome. And like knowing when- that Josh was in... Vancouver, like at Unity Days, every time we would leave the hotel, I'd be like <gasps> looking around like every <laughs> every corner, being like, Oh god, is this the day? What do I do? Well, he, he lives in Santa Barbara with his wife and children, and my in-laws live there. And so uh one time my father-in-law is like, Yeah, I saw your handsome friend from your show. I'm all excuse uh, me. He's like, Oh, oh that that blonde, long-haired guy on the island show. He's, he, I saw him downtown. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that just happened. Friend from the show. <laughs> that legit just happened to Sam and I the other night. We were going to get her steps in and we walked by Bob and Jared <laughs> outside and we were like, we like walked by and then we stopped and we kind of turned and we're like, huh. 
Well, I just kept going. You're, you're much more likely to see famous people in Vancouver than LA because it's just a yeah. con- it's concentrated there. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, I've been here a year. They were the first fa- famous people I had seen on the street. That's funny. Yeah. And then Tassia was out there too with her big fur coat. And I think it's fake, but yes. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah, it is yeah. fake. It definitely is fake. Yeah. We don't want anyone yelling at her. And also, <laughs> oh, of course no, not. No. <laughs> no, I love her. Sawyer has this line where he talks about how kids are like dogs. If if you like rough them up enough, like they'll begin to think that uh, they did something to deserve it. And like, I mean, obviously that's a terrible sentiment, but like a really interesting metaphor. Well, and also the given, you know, what we know so far, no spoilers uh, from yeah. the flashbacks mm-hmm. of all of these people. It's a very interesting sentiment. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that we talk about a lot is this show's foundations a lot of daddy issues yeah oh yes and just so you know mommy issues we'll get to that too but like <laughs> yeah i actually wrote yeah, a whole yeah. paper called all, all the best cowgirls have mommy issues because i love it everyone had daddy issues but i'm like hold on we've got some mommies well that's what i wanted to explore like that's i kind of get frustrated because it's all like very male centric in terms of like you know patriarchal um figureheads and things like that and i'm like but there are moms on this show and we don't get to see them as much in the early seasons. It's, it's, well, it's interesting too. I mean, you'll get, that's probably part of spoilers, but le- learning about Jack's relationship with his mom, Anna Lucia, Kate, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you yes. know, there's a lot to unpack. Hurley. Uh, Hurley. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. yeah. After his whole beautiful monologue and some jeers, he's, <laughs> he just tells Jack, good luck. And you're like, if this was goodbye, it was a good goodbye. It was. Yep. Yeah. Kate tells Jack that she'd like to come with them. And he's like, okay, well, you're going to miss the raft launch. And she's like, she says that she's not very good at goodbyes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, she's never been, though. No. <laughs> That's true. Kate's specialty is running away. I, yeah. I would dare say that starting in season one, they laid a path toward what happened at the end of season six in terms of things like this. Yeah. Yep. So that's on, but try to be vague. I absolutely yeah. see that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The next scene that we have in this storyline is Locke sees the scratches on Russo's arm. And that's definitely a spoiler section thing. But she says that she was scratched by a bush. And he <laughs> said, well, that's a mean bush. <laughs> Which is an amazing line. <laughs> yeah. Crap, that is good. I love when Locke gets to be like, Funny. not necessarily goofy, but he gets to be a little like sassy, you know? Oh, he's, he is a sassy, cranky old man. Yeah, my favorite line award last episode was when Locke was just like, since when do I report to you, Jack? Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And Terry Quinn was so good. Oh, my God. I think he was the first yeah. one to win an, oh, I think he was the first one to win an Emmy for the show. Um, Did he yeah. win or was he just nominated? I thought that he I feel like he won and Michael Emerson won. I could be wrong. Yeah. Michael won. Yeah. Oh, they, did they both win? That's great. Okay. I think Terry was and at least nominated. And then Naveen was just nominated, right? Yeah. And right. okay. they're like best friends. Yeah, we keep yeah. waiting for Emerson to be un- unavailable so that he could do this spinoff show with those two because we would all watch it. Yeah. I, they kept, when he was on Person of Interest, they kept like floating rumors out that Terry Quinn was going to be on Person of I Interest. And I was waiting for it to happen and it never happened. Right, now, now Michael Emerson's on Arrow and it's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he went from Person of Interest to Arrow and I was like, all right, yeah. Listen, it's, it's a not? good job. So yeah. he's yeah. Michael. You and, can run into Michael Emerson in Vancouver now too. Yeah, I know. I was just gonna say, and he likes Vancouver, which warms my heart. It is a lovely city. <laughs> oh, I love when people love this place. I'm like, yes, me too. That's why I live here. <laughs> I'll be there soon. <laughs> I have to go back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unity days three. Anyway? I would like Unity to come three. back before then, but yes. 
Yeah. Yes, do come back before. Yeah, well, yes. it'll be nice if it happens because then I'll already be living there and so I won't have to take a plane. Perfect. <laughs> Hurley's having a hard time pronouncing Arst's name. <laughs> Me too. Arst. Arst. Ar- Arnst. Arst. 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 <laughs> and so... We just sound like broken pirates. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> and so he's like, well, a bunch of ninth graders can can say my name. It's like, oh, I mean, fair. <laughs> okay. And he's like, well, can I just call you Leslie? Because I remember it from the manifest. <laughs> and he's like, no, call me Arnst, please. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Let me answer something, Arnst. Arst. Arnst. No, not Arnst. Arst. A-R-Z-T. Arst. Sorry, man. Name's hard to pronounce. Oh, yeah. Well, I know a bunch of ninth graders who pronounce it just fine. How about I just call you by your first name? How about you don't? Why not? I remember it from the Plains Manifest. I think Leslie's a bitchin' name. Arch is fine. Le- Leslie is a bitchin' name. That's the truth. I truly believe that Hurley believed that, oh, too. Yeah. He was, like, he was like, yeah, yeah, no, no I like it. way that he was making fun of him for the name. No. No. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, his name is exactly. Hugo. Can I uh, backtrack a, a second to talk about something yeah. with these scenes, which is that one of the things I really noticed right away with this show that's obviously filming in Hawaii, it has the best backdrop possible, but mm-hmm. the overhead yes. crane group shots, when they have them walking, not only as groups, but the what Jack does is live together dialogue speeches, or when they, you know, in this episode, when they're pairing off and going and just that overhead shot where they're all looking into the forest together and the crane, mm. you know, scans upward. It's just so beautiful. You don't see a lot of that anymore. And you certainly like maybe on Hawaii, no. Fargo, again, it's the backdrop. Um, but yeah. I just really appreciated that Jack Bender as early as season one, put so much work into the aesthetic of it. So much work. Yeah. And, yeah, and we'll get to it with the raft, but Michael Giacchino, we always said, uh, we being the online community back in the day, that Michael Giacchino's score was a character on the show. Is that important? Absolutely. And I think this is one of the most spectacularly scored episodes in the history of television. And when we get to the end, I'll have to share a tidbit about that. Ooh, I'm excited. The, ad- the adventure music causes like a visceral reaction of like happy nostalgia. Totally. Yeah. Also terrifying. It's some of it. You're like, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's very good. I actually, Robin probably once an episode will bring up how much she loves the music oh, on good. the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least. And like Giacchino's dumb pun names for all of them. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't think the ones in here had pun names, but they were called, yeah, parting words. Yeah. <laughs> and the wreck motif and the reveal motif were in this episode. Yeah. But no cool names. Not yet. My favorite, the Boonerol. But alas. <laughs> That's so brutal. That's actually pretty good. Rousseau finds this piece of fabric that presumably she placed there, question mark? Yeah. Yeah, it's gotta be, right? Right. Okay. How has Rousseau, like, Rousseau's, di- like, explored all of this, seen all of this. How is the hatch the first handmade thing she's come across? I think she might be lying. Ooh, yeah. okay. That's my thought as I well. I think that she's obviously proven to be a deceptive human being. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Not someone you want to necessarily go on a trek with, as we've learned. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. So she's like, yeah, we're almost at the Black Rock. And she's like, here's where uh, Nadine got sick and here's where Montand lost his arm. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, that sounds scary. Until you see it later in the series in a flashback. It's exciting. <laughs> I know. Um, but we can't talk about it either way <laughs> ours is like okay well hard pass see you guys later this feels like climbing everest where like people like will mark things along the way by like the dead bodies they find this is exactly what it reminds oh, interesting. me interesting where and then like slowly yeah. like 
people will like like it'll what am i saying it'll like slowly people will um (laughs) break off and it'll be like a smaller and smaller group right like that Uh sort of thing yeah they start hearing sounds while they're walking and it turns out it's ours (laughs) okay ours runs funny but he's he's a high school science teacher yeah, he, he, <laughs> they're like they don't have Maybe he doesn't I have guess. a lot of sport. I'm just not trying to stereotype, but I'm just saying I, he doesn't look like he's maybe sporty. Yeah, he's not. He's not a gym coach. No. He's a science teacher. Yeah, there weren't any um, lesbians the on Lost. There was no gym coaches. There were no lesbians on Lost. So yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say, except for Lisa. My middle, my middle school gym teacher was lesbian. So I was like, yeah. No, I mean, that's, I, I, that I, I apologize to the stereotype, but like uh, we all had one. So I mean, yeah, we did. Except for Lisa, who ha- was married to Hurley's brother, Diego, and then left him for a waitress. Wow. That is an obscure <gasps> fact. You oh, my God. You just pull out your tail section. You pull out <laughs> your tail section. And uh, yeah. you kind of get a gold star for that. Thanks so much. So Class for Robin. We have two queer characters in the entire <laughs> show, except for Ace Daniel Faraday, who I believe exists. I totally, totally am on yes. the same page. Thank you. Okay, okay. cool. All right. <laughs> but two canon queer characters, and Lisa is one of them. But we never met her, so she doesn't count. Yeah, I was going to say, what, she wasn't even on screen. Well, we saw her in the back while Hurley was talking to um, the news crew. I guess she, we should just be lucky they didn't kill her off. It was early. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's true. So yeah. let's be honest. And it, Lost had, Lost had yep. flaws, but at least they didn't do that. That's true. All right. Definitely true. Um, so he's running from the monster and Locke stops Hurley and they're just going to like stand still for a sec. <laughs> and Hurley's <laughs> like, do. it's not a bee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say it's not a bee? It's not a bee. You can't just stand. St- I mean, it works, but like you can't just stand still and hope that it like it's more afraid of you than you are of it. That's just not true. He's looked into the eye of the island and, and what, what he, he saw, saw was beautiful. beautiful. You guys are such <laughs> nice. Oh my God. <laughs> This is why we're on a podcast on Friday night talking about it. (laughs) So I started this podcast. I demanded to make this podcast, and here I am. I mean, I would gladly come on for every season finale because they're my favorite episodes. Well, that's what we got you down Um, for, boo. Yes, please do it. Yeah, (laughs) done. So uh, they're trying to hide in the banyan trees, and Rousseau brings up that it's a security Uh, system to protect the island, which is definitely a thing we have to talk about in the spoiler section. What was that then? It's a security system. Security system? What does that mean? Its purpose is that of any security systems. To protect something. Protect what? The island. And then we see Arst again. And Hurley's like, dude, I thought you were dead. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Hurley mourned him a lot, apparently. Just a little too early. <coughs> foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <coughs> Stop. <laughs> Um, so they get to the Black Rock and it's a ship. Fun fact, the ship is mostly CGI. Uh, just the, the front half of it is done and the rest of it was done by CGI. Our our minds were so blown to, to think about the logistics of a giant ship in the middle of an island. Yeah. I mean, even back then, that's my little conspiracy theory brain was like, okay, if the island used to be submerged, if there was some kind of tsunami, I came up with a tsunami and earthquake situation. Like there was just, right. you had to mm-hmm. come up, like things like that. Some fans just watching and went, okay, it's lost. Things are weird. There's a boat on the island where I'm like, wait a second. There was a weather You're incident. 
You're like, no, I need I need to know why these anomalies happened. You can't just stop it. Okay. Right. And I wasn't obsessed. Like a lot of people, we'll talk about this, spoilers, really had their questions throughout the six seasons. And if they didn't get the answers, they were so upset about it. And I didn't. I would make a note about the Black Rock and move on mm-hmm. and hope they came back to it. Yeah. But not everything and they always did be answered. Right. And they came back to so much. And some of it was subtle uh, that they came back yeah. to. So anyway, Black Rock was definitely, of season one, one of the biggest mind blowers. Yeah. And like, even if they didn't, like, sometimes you just have to be like, it's a magic island. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, suck it up. And let's talk about suspension of your disbelief. Yeah. Why is Walt psychic person? Because he's magic. Because he is. He's you have fictional. A black sm- you have a black smoke monster, people. Don't question it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a definition of it ain't that deep. Yeah. That's we, we, uh, we all named him Smokey in season one. Yeah. Smokey. Yeah. Um, That's beautiful. Those are all of my notes about the hatch. Uh, are you guys ready to move on to the raft or do we have any any last thoughts here? Um, I would just like to say, mm-hmm. going back a little bit, sure. in the flashback mm-hmm. with Anna Lucia, two things. One, I now drink tequila and tonic because of that scene when uh, it's a hot summer day. Um, I'm good. not a huge tequila fan, but with ice and lime and tequila, it's delicious. So mm-hmm. thank you. Um, <laughs> Michelle Rodriguez was easily the most famous person cast on this show. Um, and, you know, obviously in season two, she was on there for more. Yeah. I was very pleasantly surprised and we'll talk about it in spoilers, but I always really liked Anna Lucia and back when it, Same. back when it aired, she was not very popular. No. no. Okay. Uh, we'll get to it, but yeah. I really liked that scene with her and Jack and it obviously leads up to so much later, but, um, yeah, tequila and tonic, dude, tequila and tonic. Heck yeah. Yeah. Also, um, sorry. In the in the first scene in the hotel flashback, uh, we brought well, up the power. We'll be talking about flashbacks after. Oh, okay, good. I was gonna have, okay, <laughs> okay, Thanks we're for good. stopping like, me. Okay, phew. <laughs> we would never skip flashbacks. No. Sometimes they're my favorite part. Okay, sorry. Go. Yeah. Um. So we're good to move on to the raft. Yes. Okay. Yes. Basically, Michael is saying that they won't be able to leave today because uh, they're gonna need more people. And Jack literally goes, oh, okay, one second. I'm the main character, so I'll just grab some people. <laughs> I got no this, problem. Booth. So he shows up with some people because apparently when Michael asks them, they won't do things. But when Jack does, they will. And um, it's just like once they're all together, it's like really nice to see them all coming together towards one goal, no matter yeah. what their problems with each other are. I love them all. And none of them still live, live up at the caves, right? Um, everyone's heading there. Yeah, I I feel like some of them might. Yeah, we kind of like lost that. Who lives where? Well, uh, lost. Uh, I think a lot of the red shirts <laughs> no. were there. Right, right. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, good one. I uh, sidebar. I had to teach Robin what red shirt. Meant. I know oh, what, dude. No, you didn't. You like to <laughs> think uh-huh, that you I did because I haven't seen the show, but I did always know what it meant. Well, I, you, the fact that you haven't seen Star Trek is a Get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things happening. I love it. And every, everything sorry. I want to contribute is in the spoilers. I have a red shirt story. Okay. Okay. That me every single time. Sometimes I wait the whole episode just to talk about the spoiler section. Oh, man. That's where all the meat is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Go on. Braft. Okay. Raft. So the way they're doing it is uh, lift and push which is a great strategy. And uh, <laughs> they go a little bit too fast. It kind of goes off the rails a little bit. So the mast breaks and everyone's blaming Sawyer. Of course. Well, Michael is. When least. in doubt, blame Sawyer yeah. for stuff. I mean, that's that's kind of how it goes, right? Yeah. It's probably because he put a shirt on, which is totally rude. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's true that like Josh specifically asked for like small, like like not having super a lot of shirtless scenes. 
Because I mean, I don't know, but it's Hawaii and it was hot, so he's probably pretty comfortable. The way that I yeah. the way that I remember knowing that is because I watched like an episode of like Heckin' Cake Boss or something about it. And Jorge <laughs> right. showed up oh my God. and they had made like a lost cake and Sawyer wasn't wearing a shirt and Jorge came in and said, Will you put a shirt on Sawyer? Because Josh doesn't <laughs> like doing shirtless scenes. Aww. And then like when they like showed it to Josh, he was like, And I'm wearing a shirt. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> So every okay, time that Josh funny. is like shirtless on the show, I'm always just like, give the man a shirt. He doesn't want this. <laughs> no offense, Josh, but let's pause for the world's tiniest violin for you being exploited. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Because I remember there's a moment where like Sawyer loses his shirt. It's in season five and he like loses his shirt and he's like walking around like basically an entire episode without a shirt. And like every time he goes, does someone have a shirt? Like he's like whose shirt is this? And Frogert, who we don't know yet, goes, yeah, that's my shirt. And he goes, can I have it? Like, that'll fit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does but somehow, I mean, but, but yeah, but yeah. That's kind of nothing compared to Desmond having to walk around in Hurley's tie-dye shirt and nothing that's else. The I truth. mean, that was a good scene. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that's a good content. But you want to talk about this right now? <laughs> Where's Claire? Yeah, I was just gonna True. say she she can probably feel us talking about this right <laughs> the, now. The force is strong with Desmond. Yes. Um. So what they need is they new need new bamboo and for a new rudder or bamboo for the mast. And they're like, Sawyer, sorry, like we're too busy to to get like some help from you. And I have some uh, translations of what Jin is saying here. Okay. So some of the things that Jin is saying is, how do you put it back? What if the up arrow breaks? And, oh, my favorite one, which is when Michael's, like, talking to Sawyer and Jin basically is just like, dude, hello, we got things to do. What he's saying is, are you done? Do you want some work? (laughs) So so he's basically saying, what? Oh, your job is done? Can I give you something else to do, bud? That's cute. I love it. That's cute Korean sass. It is. And you know that Dan and Kim didn't know Korean before the show. Yep. No. Well, uh, I think that he, like... uh, uh, did Korean like with his family a little bit, yeah. but like back when he was like growing up, right? Yeah, and Yoon Jin Kim is the Meryl Streep of Korea, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Jack thinks that Sawyer was a lumberjack <laughs> back when, uh, <laughs> back when they were. This is like such a great scene for Aaron's ship. <laughs> the oh, good yeah. ship Joyer. Aaron uh, ships Jack and Sawyer with a passion. I mean, it's a great bromance. Yeah. Yeah. And she she has actually worked out an entire theory around why the love triangle makes sense. And it's because Jack and Sawyer were secretly in love with each other the entire time and just couldn't stand it. Man, that's a great show right there. (laughs) Yeah, I would watch that. (laughs) But I'd be like Juliet and Kate going, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although those two, that's when we get to yeah, when just, we get to further up, further seasons, we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say, well, what Juliet and Kate could just okay. like kiss each other. Well, all the hundred fans know about how when Clark, you know, got smeared with mud by Anya. Imagine <laughs> two of your favorite attractive actresses rolling around in the mud. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I'm imagining it right now. Season three, episode Left Behind. Everyone, mark it oh down on your calendars. The first time I met Liz Mitchell, she told me about filming that episode, and I was like, am I being punked? Do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> because what? Yeah. But also, what did when? she tell you? I, I can't, I'll tell you later what she told me. It's kind of, it's right. kind of filthy. Um, All right. I, 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 I was blushing. I'm not going to lie. 
this is the first time she met you? Yeah, so I was, it was a long story. It was a setup. I got, the first time I went to Vancouver in 2010, I got sent, I was a little blogger and I got sent up to the set of V and Fringe for ABC and Fox. And I never really understood why. And I'll tell you later how I found out why. But um, I got invited up for Fringe to, to, write, to write about that show after Lost ended because I was friendly with the bad robot people and whatever. And it was cute. They had all these journalists, like respected journalists in me. And I didn't really say yeah. much. And, um, I would have been friend with, just friends with Jessica Nicole. I'd met her at a con, so that was really fun. And then I was super nervous about V, and they said, sorry, Liz Mitchell isn't filming today. And I'm like, devastated. And oh. they, I, didn't, I didn't know they were messing with me, and all the other journalists are laughing. And then oh. I get this, we're literally in line at craft services to get lunch, and I get this tap on my shoulder. Hi, you must be Joe, I'm Liz. <gasps> oh my God. And I was like, um, hi, I know who you are. Um, That's like when Bob shook my hand at the first yes. meetings and went, hi, I'm Bob. And I was yes. like, I know. Like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'll always remember your name because my grandmother's name was Joanna and she went by Joe too. And I'm like, you know my name. And she said, like, oh, I've read your articles. They're very flattering. And I'm like, oh God. Okay. Uh, oh my God. Because imagine how you guys flail about the hundred I, and about certain characters. I was doing that about Juliet. Um, it was no, it was no surprise. My love for her. And, uh, I was, after I got over the embarrassment, she was super cool. And then they gave me a half hour alone with her to talk on and off the record, which was insane. Oh my gosh. What is your life? It was insane. You guys, this is the beginning of all the good things. And this is before cancer gets lost even. And the long story short, she's like, don't turn on your mic. What do you, let's talk. Let me tell you some stories. Like she's like, Oh, let me tell you about the story about what I, this is a spoiler, but like, like we said in, in the episode when she and, uh, Evangeline get to be in the mud. Yeah. And yeah. basically she told me the story about the actual filming of it. And it, it basically for all intents and purposes, there's probably spare footage of that would be pornographic if someone put it online. Oh my because gosh. They, they had to keep doing it and they were, they were in tank tops and they had to keep rolling around in the mud and they had a lot of fun with it. Wow. <laughs> and I literally said to her, am I being punked? I cannot believe you're telling me the story the first time I meet you. Yeah. And she <laughs> said, why? I'm like, uh, for many reasons. I mean, it was crazy, you guys. And she's so sweet. Oh, my God. And I went up. Anyway, long story short, we're, we're friendly. And she lives up in Bainbridge Island, actually, above Seattle. And um, not above, off island, off Seattle. And I went up um, going to a fundraiser charity event where she was being honored by this, like, Bainbridge Island, city of Bainbridge Island for her career. So oh. Lisa and I were like, we'll take a vacation. We'll go to Bainbridge Island. So we go yeah. up there. And Jared came, too, because we're like, in case we can get stuff signed for our first auction. So yeah. we get there. They place me and Lisa across the table from Liz Mitchell. Uh, oh, my and Liz God. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're here. You're going to moderate my panel. I'm like, what? She goes, well, what? she's like, I'm supposed to just go up there and talk. But why don't you know my career better than anyone? You should just come up and talk. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so the very first panel I ever moderated was a spontaneous panel. I'm sitting on a couch with Liz Mitchell at this beautiful home in Bainbridge Island. And uh, we're talking about her career. And that is literally my life. Wow. Holy, <laughs> holy crap. Yeah. Like, I feel like my brain just exploded. Oh, and it's great. Thank you for letting me tell these stories because I feel like people in the Lost community have heard them and it's like blah, blah, blah. But I feel okay name dropping and talking about it because it all happened through charitable endeavors. And yeah. I feel like if I'm going to brag, at least there was a, an end game, which is that so much money was raised at her fundraiser for the education system and libraries of Bainbridge Island. Mm-hmm. And she t- signed stuff which made thousands of dollars in our auction. So there you go. Yeah. I love wow, that. we are. This is the best kind of name dropping, yeah. honestly. <laughs> okay, I, again, I digress. We'll get to your your next uh, tidbit here. <laughs> um, uh, so Jack gives Sawyer one of the guns because he's the only one uh, on the raft that can use one. 
that he knows of. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. And mm-hmm. um, so he's like, yeah, just in case. And Sawyer's like, oh, did you want me to murder Walt for food? And he goes, dude. <laughs> Jack's literally like, bro. Dark. That's some dark shite. Bro, no, like literally just, just in case. And he's like, and then the rest of the guns are going to Saeed. And then they talk I mean, about things. And what juice. does he think he's going to do? Shoot a shark? Womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a minute. That was good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, the next scene we have is that Charlie is collecting messages for the bottle. Hey, look. You have a message. It's gone on the rack. You know, dear mom, everything's fine. I'm on the island. Unless, of course, the black smoke people turn up. Love, your name here. For when they get rescued, they can contact you family. Message in a bottle. Hmm. That's sweet. You ready? Here you go. Okay. Don't look at it. Got it. Dude! Do not look at it. <laughs> and he's like, Locke, would you like to put in a message? And Locke's like, oh, that's a nice sentiment. Bye. <laughs> I No, no, I would I gave it the office. Is that what he said? That's what ours says. Oh, that's what ours said. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Locke just straight up nopes out without even. Yeah, he literally yes. goes, "Oh, that's sweet," and then just leaves. And Charlie's like, "Okay, thanks, thanks, bro." <laughs> um, he goes up to Hurley, who has finished writing his message, and says, "Hey, don't look at it." And then Charlie looks at it, and you, you know, you're watching it, and you're thinking, "Oh, haha, those guys—they're so kooky." But also, I'm thinking, like, that was a breach of his privacy, Charlie. Like, he actually asked you not to. I mean, he, he's yeah. starving. He didn't think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that there's an excuse. He was hungry. He, he was, was hungry, hungry. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately, he did put it in and didn't actually read it extensively. So yeah, he's like, Ars, do you want to put something in? And he's like, no. <laughs> and Charlie's like, fine. Do we ever find out what's written on those? I can't remember. <sighs> no, but at the um, last, there was a Giacchino concert where the actors read them out loud. What? Um, really? <gasps> yeah. Last, last two years ago. Um, so like Sonya Walker who plays Penny came and all, yeah. and Josh Holloway and all these people yeah. read them. We were bawling because the writers had actually written these notes. And so I wonder if someone has recordings or posts somewhere, but they do exist somewhere. Do you remember any oh, of them? Oh, wow. Or I don't, because I was crying. Um, right, okay, yeah, but fair. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, we also have Giacchino playing the raft music with it, which yeah. is like, come on. Oh, um, but now, oh. It, it, I was going to say, I don't know if those are the actual notes they wrote in season one, but I know that they were auctioned off at the ABC auction. So yeah. I also don't know mm-hmm. if they were remade for this concert, but whatever, they totally sold it and we bought it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I hope that, that exists somewhere, because I'd really like yeah, to see I know. it. Robin, get on the YouTube search after okay. this. <laughs> so uh, Jack says goodbye to Michael and that, you know, they'll see him soon. And he says goodbye to Walt and Jin. And what Jin says to Jack is he says, careful. Mm-hmm. And then Kate's looking for Sawyer, but they have to leave. And I'm sad. <laughs> because she just want to give him a shirt. shirt. She just want to give him a shirt, I'm sure. He just wanted to give him a shirt. <laughs> How are they going to have their... Ha- oh, that's a fun one, actually. <laughs> what was the reaction to uh, Skate versus Jade yeah. in season one? Well, you remember that Jade didn't exist in season one. I mean... Yeah, I guess it didn't. Uh, Just like the the um, the beginnings of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that people rooted for Kate and Sarah because they had amazing sexual chemistry. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. like, there was sort of overall chemistry with Jack and Kate. Yeah. 
And, you know, because they met right away after the plane crash, you know, there was like, there was an instant connection and sort of an assumption. But you also look at the fact that both Kate and Sawyer are cons and two cons cancel each other out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fair. Spoiler stuff. I just remember it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I just remember like from season six, like the brutal wars. And I was like, oh, except that I I was oblivious to any kind of ship wars. And to me, I didn't ever even know about ship wars until the hundreds. So like I luckily, because I never discussed relationships on my blog, because I just wasn't that interested in them, frankly, I was more interested in the mythology and the Easter eggs uh, of it all that I luckily never, no one ever brought any ship wars to my blog. And so again, pre-social media, it was, it was fairly uh, safe sailing. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. God, you were yeah, lucky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Lord. Michael and Jin are getting the raft ready, and Michael quotes Star Wars by saying, no, 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 this one goes there, that one goes there, which is the <laughs> exact same thing Han Solo tells Chewbacca in The Empire Strikes Back. Nice catch. Thank you, Lostpedia. <laughs> D- D- Ask Robin if she's seen yeah. it. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. David Lindelof is a huge I Star know. Wars fan. His office has a Star Wars giant Empire Strikes Back poster, I think. And that sounds like him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of that. Sawyer brings them a new mast because he's like, hi, I am helpful. And then they're all friends again. <laughs> I'm a lumberjack without a shirt. <laughs> um, he shows up. He's like, actually, the gift was shirtless me. This is just a bonus. <laughs> Here's a poll. <laughs> I helped. <laughs> Um, Shannon is folding up Boone's clothes and Walt comes up and tells her that he wants her to have Vincent. Is there something you want? I think you should take Vincent. Are you serious? I'll take care of you. It makes you think I need a dog to take care of me. Vincent took care of me when my mom died. And nobody would talk to me. They pretend like nothing happened. So I talked to Vincent. He's a good listener. You could talk to him about Boone if you want. Uh, side note, the only scene I ever liked with Shannon whatsoever on the entire show. Is that still true? You didn't like Shannon? I am not at all a fan of Shannon Rutherford. Interesting. My charity partner, Jared Wong, is in love with her and has Shannon memorabilia from the Lost Auction. I get that. I'm a big fan of Shannon. I I feel like I'm I'm the same as as Joe is, but I'm switched between Shannon and Anna Lucia. Fair, fair. Okay, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go on. But I do have a question about, like, the Shannon Boone thing is, when it was airing, did anyone see Boone's death coming? Um, a little bit. It was, it seemed like, I don't know, I feel like at one, on one hand, he was a huge star on the show. On the other hand, we thought, this this kid's going to be huge, not knowing yeah. anything about mm-hmm. him, really. Um, but the whole bonding with Locke, we knew was sort of a, it was going to bad thing, and it wasn't going to end well. Mm. Yeah. I don't know that I thought that we were gonna, okay. he was going to kill him off, but that he would be gravely injured. Right. And and okay. do you remember what the um sort of uh what what the fans were thinking once the uh almost incest storyline happened? Again, yeah. pre-social media, people were like, "That's gross," but that's I mean, there was no like writing letters to boards or anything. I just feel right. like uh, maybe it was the beauty of two thousand four, two thousand five, and pre-Twitter. Even on MySpace, people were like, oh, "That's yeah. gross," but then that's not the most interesting thing about the episodes. So right, sure. Yeah. Um, 
I miss that time. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like it was magic in a bottle, you guys. I'm not going to No, lie. it was. It was it, everyone kind of, you were all on the internet and you all had your own opinions and you could all share them, but it wasn't all amassed in one place. You kind of had your own little communities. Yeah, there was a, there were a few message boards, but it was like sharing and also constructively deconstructing, but it wasn't yelling. I really don't, I really, in all my years of coming lost, there was never any yelling yeah. ever. I only yeah. remember yelling um, on, oh no, they didn't lost on live journal. And that was mostly because it was like kind of a fun group watch thing where right. everyone screamed. Right. But I never saw the level of vitriol that you see now. Well, I think Tumblr is a cesspool. And I think that yes. it's not yeah. conducive to constructive conversation, whereas I think Twitter can be. So yeah. yeah. Which goes to show it's not so much the format of how you're presenting yourself, but right. The I don't know what I was going to say because I'm. <laughs> I, I think I kind of got what you're putting down. Thank yeah. you. At least someone um, does. <laughs> Shannon accepts Vincent, but only until Walt comes back. <laughs> and uh, Saeed gives Michael like the radar thing, but it doesn't have a very good battery. There's also a radio, and here's the flare gun, but there's only one flare in it. Yeah. Help. Full. Which you like, you know, you hear that and you think, oof, like either that's going to be like, it's the one flare we have, it worked, or it's going to be, it's the one flare we have, we have wasted it terribly. It, it was so foreboding at the time. We're like, mm, end of season one of Lost, which became a huge hit in the middle of season one. They're not going to end it by being rescued. They are screwed. Yeah. 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 Sun has made a notebook for Jin with some phonetically spelled uh, English words and they all do like their apologies and everything. Jin brings up the sort of theory that the reason why they're all there is because they're being punished and um, he's leaving because he's got to save her and she says who will keep him safe. And then so, so they're back together again. Uh, I'm a sucker for Jin and Sun scenes. And mm -hmm. just like we'll get to with spoilers, like every scene they have together, which aren't frankly that many made me cry. I love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Their entire relationship so beautiful. So good. And so complicated yeah. and ugly and beautiful at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it was multidimensional in a way that every single moment you saw it, you were just like, God, these, these characters are so good and these actors are so good. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, our final scene that we have in this storyline is that everyone's having their hugs and their goodbyes and everything. And we've got a whole, yeah, just like Jin and Aaron and like, you know, seeing Jin and Aaron reminds me of like pilot part. I think it was pilot part two where like Jin was the first one to like feel Aaron kick and Claire's yeah. stomach. Like, and you know, those two actually have like a connection like that. Son and Michael have this awkward goodbye thing. Walton Shannon hug. Charlie gives the bottle to Sawyer. Like, this is just nice because it's like, yes, we all have problems with each other, but in this moment we're rooting for you. There are also some subtle, um, things set in motion, no pun intended, while they're launching the raft. The look that Said and Shannon give each other, that was the first time I was like, oh no. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? I can't um, say because of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. So um, Sawyer is looking around but doesn't isn't able to say goodbye to Kate. <laughs> and um, so they all go. And they're all floating. And it's great. And so then Vincent, he has to... Uh. Go, no. Vincent, go back. Go back, Vincent. Okay, nothing makes me cry. I'm lost. Well, actually, a few things do, but like more than yeah. this scene with Giacchino's beautiful score. The oh dog gosh. swimming out to Walt is heartbreaking and lovely and such a wonderful television moment. 
and like always the dog fun fact it wasn't in the script no like, jack bender was literally like hey can the dog swim Amazing. And she was like, yeah. And he was like, I mean, like, little things yeah. like that are so, that's such an iconic scene. That yeah. When, when Giacchino played it live, there was not a dry eye in the house. Oh. Fun fact Vincent was played by a female dog who was known as a surfing dog who got on surfboards with her owner in Hawaii. And her <gasps> name was Madison. Yes. What yeah. a little badass. Totally. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they did it. They're, they're on the raft now, but there's always like an ominous ending where you see the smoke still in the background. Yeah, and I love those lit ending yeah. notes. Bulk, we're lost ends. Yeah, uh, my note uh, back in the day, and I always remember this is the this episode ends, and I wrote such joy, so brief. Yep, <laughs> like because there's aren't many. Like on the hundred, there's so few moments of joy that yep. it's so wonderful, and then you're like, ah, crap, you know? Yep, yep. yeah. Yep. It's kind of like you're paying a price for getting to see the joy. It's true. Um, those are all my notes on the raft storyline. Great. All right, flashbacks. I love the flashbacks Woo! in in this finale, but also in many other finales, you have flashbacks from all a bunch of different characters, and I always think that's really interesting. Yes, I love the multiple character flashbacks because it feels like the cast is together even when they're not because they yeah. intersect. Yeah. You know, in yeah. these scenes, and you sort of to me and I think to everyone, it's a giant puzzle and sort of slowly, but surely the pieces come together at the end of these seasons and these multi-character flashbacks. And I love finding the pieces that go together. And this was a meal of an episode. Yeah. So our first um, flashback is with Walt and Michael. So I guess Walt isn't able to sleep. And so he decides to watch Power Rangers, which, which is, is relevant. Which is why I brought up my fun fact because <laughs> yeah. I was on Power Rangers and Walt watched Power Rangers. What if it was your episode? Uh, that would be crazy. Yeah. Um, there was possible. actually a blooper about this because that particular type of Power Rangers or something, I'm looking for it. He's watching Power Rangers SPD, which first aired in 2005. So if it is 2004, September, it shouldn't be out yet. Right. Oops. Right. Oops. So not Joe's episode is what you're no, saying. No, it's not 1994. <laughs> uh too um, Mike wakes up and it's 523 in the morning, so numbers. Ding ding ding. It's the numbers. I'm mad that like why why couldn't it have been 423 in the morning? Like why? Um uh, they're just messing with you. That's, that's why. just too fun. <laughs> it's just too much. They're keeping you on your toes. It's true. Um, so he's like, Yeah, can you turn it down, please? Which is a reasonable thing to do. That's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and Walt goes, nah, and turns <laughs> it up instead. And I'm like, Walt. Come on. Like, I'm often on your side, but not not today, my friend. <laughs> Petulant. But also, have you ever met a kid? Right. Yeah, well, that's the truth. <laughs> but he's like, Brian the will. word is no. Brian would let me watch it. And he's like, well, I'm not Brian. And also, heckin' bad parenting, Brian. You shouldn't let people treat you like that. <laughs> yeah, Brian? why did Brian let him watch TV at 5.30 in the morning? Uh, Brian's a whole other terrible issue. Yeah. Ugh. So Walt takes Vincent and leaves the hotel room and they start yelling in the hallway and and this dude comes out and is just like, um, sup. I have a question for you guys. If you were that dude, what would you do? Like, who do you well, believe that in that in that scenario? Nowadays, it's a little more politically correct and tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably go in my room and call hotel security. Right. Yeah. But yep. I, w I wouldn't intervene because I'm just, I'm not, I'm kind of a rule follower and I'm afraid of, you know, uh, that kind of conflict. conflict. Yeah. But I would, I, I wouldn't question it because of the color of his skin. I'd question it because of the hour and because you just don't know why these people are in a hotel together. Yeah. I would. And because the, you know, 
Walt says, you're not my dad. Right. That would be the thing that sets me off because like I grew up with a single parent. So my mom always taught us the thing that you say if someone's trying to kidnap you because we lived in like the, the States is this guy is not my father. So I heard oh. Walt say that and I was like, that would be my alarm bell. Yeah. Well, here's the big question is, does Walt know that? And is Walt like purposely trying to get the police called on Michael? Oh, maybe. I mean, possibly. Like, what's going on here? I like Island Walt. He's more chill. Yeah. 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 Um, He's on Island time. (laughs) But like, you know, the last time that we saw Walt in uh, chronological order is basically when he said, I'm your actual dad. We're going to go back. And he said, I'm not going anywhere with you. And so we don't really get a reason for why he's so angry. I guess he just feels abandoned. He doesn't know the circumstances. Right. Yeah, I guess he just yeah. doesn't, hasn't, doesn't have enough answers. And we don't know what Susan, his mom, ever told him, really. No. All he knows is, like, his dad never wrote him and wasn't in communication with him. And as far as we, him. as far as he knows, yeah. As far as he knows, yeah. yeah. Right. And, and then, to a kid, you can't understand it. And we all know that his mom didn't die. She just went to then be a scientist at Bones. So <laughs> we know that <laughs> exactly, she went yep. on to have a great career. Right. She's fine. Um, let's talk about Jack and Anna Lucia. Ha. <gasps> See, I was watching this and I was like, I forgot how likable Anna Lucia is in her first scene. I realized I just jumped the gun earlier with my tequila and tonic, but thank you for letting me. <laughs> no, that's totally okay. I mean, no, it was interesting. Relevant, so here you go. Um, <laughs> but I forgot how likable she is because I have never liked Anna Lucia. And so I'm waiting for us to get to through season two for people to be like, these are all the reasons why I love Anna Lucia. And then right. I'll be able to be like, cool, yes. I agree right. now, but as of and right now, I'm still not a fan. And spoilers remind me, and I'll tell you why I do. Okay. Okay. Ow. But why don't people like Anna Lucia? Um, there's an abrasiveness, which I will talk about in spoilers, which is why I kind of understand, especially okay. when you get her flashbacks. Um, and also, like, when you watch everything from Avatar to Fast and the Furious, it's it's basically Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a mannerism. It's it's just, it's fascinating that she was on this show. I would like, oh man, it's in spoilers, never mind. Uh, yeah, so we'll much definitely to talk, talk about, about it in spoilers. <laughs> okay, we'll but come back. I remember I was forced to watch Avatar in like 10th grade social studies. And I don't <laughs> even know why. <laughs> what? what? I don't remember I am why. I'm so old. But I remember okay. I had watched avatar and michelle rodriguez showed up and at the time i disliked anna lucia so much that like when michelle rodriguez's character died i was like yes <laughs> like that's how no. much i hated anna lucia and now like she's grown on me a little bit but um i i still do not like her i wonder if it's her contract to wear a white tank top in every role because i feel right. like she does yeah it has to be and i'm not complaining yeah i was gonna say like if you have those guns yeah you kind of gotta. Yep, totally. I also loved, this is one of those first flashbacks where I went, okay, wait, Sawyer met Christian in a bar and mm-hmm. Lucia met Jack in a bar. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Someone has some learned behavior. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, hey, why were you yelling at that girl? And he's like, um, do I know you? And she's like, lol, no, uh, but I'm on your flight. And she's like, so your dad died? And he was like, um... I thought that you didn't know. And she's like, yeah, I was just being polite. And he's like, okay, so just throw that out the window after two (laughs) sentences. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Whatever. And then he says that he had a heart attack, which is true? Question mark. Right. Uh, Like, is that true? Is that because he, it was alcohol poisoning? Question mark. I'm pretty sure, but I don't think he could have had a heart attack too. I don't remember. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the logistics are. 
of yeah. Christian's exact death other than it was in an alley. Um, yes, and not great. Yikes. And not great. And so, yeah, Jack is saying that he doesn't really drink and um, she's asking, she's like, why, so you're not wearing a ring? And he's like, are you asking if I'm married? And she's like, are you married? <laughs> like, honestly, like, snaps. Like, I don't have that type of hustle. Like, I'm very shy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I, mean, I love how forward she is. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I know things, but I literally back even in 2004, I was like, really, Michelle Rodriguez? Really? Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, you're right. But he's like, yeah, no, I'm not married anymore. I'm pretty sure that we knew that at this point because we had seen him marry Sarah, but right. clearly he's like flirting with Kate on the island. So we're and assuming. Also, Sarah never died. She went on to be on Modern Family and have a new family in the Witness Protection Program. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so much better. It is. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I like that. Head cannon confirmed. Totally. So he orders her another drink. So clearly her being forward has paid off for her. And Not a problem. He's like, why are you drinking so early? It's because she really dislikes flying and they've put her in the back of the plane. He's at 23B, which... Ding, ding. Bum, 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 and she's in 42F, which... Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> and um, so she's like, do you want to trade? And oh boy, can we have a whole conversation in the spoiler section about what that would have been like if Dude, there's probably traded. some great fan fiction about Jack being a daily. Yeah, that would be amazing. <gasps> probably. And I yeah. want to talk all about that in like a good half an hour. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Maybe. And so she gets a phone call and she's basically saying, I got to go, but the worst is over. And I'm like, I like her. So what's your name? Ana Lucia. So tell me, Ana Lucia, why are you drinking tequila and tonics at 10 to noon? I hate flying. And they stuck me all the way in the back of the plane where the wheels come down right under your damn feet. So where are you sitting? 23B. 42F. Want to trade? <laughs> hey. Yeah, I'm in Sydney. Hold on. Sorry. Jack. Jack, I gotta talk. Um, we'll have the next drink on the plane, okay? 42F. 42F, right. And Jack, the worst part's over. I feel like very few female characters get to be that forward and assertive and still be likable right. in this scene. Yeah. But it's also like the, the when the women on Lost and there aren't many meet Jack, it's so interesting. You know, when you first meet Kate, of course, they just crashed on the airplane. But it also, the, to me, it's interesting to then see how when Jack eventually meets Juliet, the same kind yeah. of banter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Which means Jack responds to women who don't take any shit. Yeah. I mean, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, same? Yeah. <laughs> so now we have Detective Calderwood. So we're, we're moving on to Sawyer's flashback here and uh he Sawyer broke his mug so how dare and uh he was in a bar fight with the minister of agriculture so yes you do yeah my favorite part of this scene though is that you can see a blurry boon walking through the background that's what I'm talking about you we, yeah. we would literally pause and this is really before HD really took off too and we're like mm -hmm. squinting and taking like we didn't have camera phones so we would take actual photos with our little digital cameras of the TV screen oh and my then God. run to our computers with our 
our little phone, um, our camera chips, put them in our computer, and try and blow them up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, luckily technology got better real soon uh, after that, and we got versions of camera phones, etc. So yeah, but that was one of those things. Like, is that wait, wait? And then people would have to make charts. Okay, Boone saw him here. Anna Lucia saw him here. Like, because you just want to yeah. know if there's ever going to be a reason. Those are the best parts of fandom. Like, those are the best fandom days. Are just sitting down and puzzling out all the great little clues that you get. Yeah, 100%. Because I remember in Hearts and Minds when we saw Boone in the police station and Sawyer came through the background, you were like, oh, cool, it's Sawyer. And so when Sawyer's in the police station, you're kind of looking, you're like, is Boone here? Because that's what happened yep. last time. And you can find him, but it's very subtle. Right, and that doesn't happen anymore. I think the last time that I can remember a, a reference being that subtle was in Community. Yeah. Which, with the, the three Beetlejuices from multiple episodes where... <laughs> Over the course of a season, they end up saying Beetlejuice three times and suddenly Beetlejuice appears. Amazing. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Which, yeah. So, yeah, he headbutted the Minister of Agriculture. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 it was the other way around. And he's like, literally everybody else in the bar dis disagrees. And so it's like, rats. <laughs> Couldn't get away with this He one. didn't make any friends in that bar. Um, and he's like, here are all the crimes you're a thing for. So you're garbage and you're deported, bro. And also you're banned from Australia. And so you're like, no heckin' problem. I think I'll go to an island that I will forever be on. <laughs> but it's interesting that he was never actually found for the actual murder that he committed in Australia that he went to went to Australia to do. Where Cyrus from Cyrus from Scandal is who he murdered. Yeah, I wonder oh, I just wonder what the police sort of thing. Like I want to go back to Frank Duckett and and see, I want to know, like, how he was found, and I want to know, like, what the police thought, and blah, 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 and, like, Sawyer probably wasn't even close to a suspect, and, yeah, I just have questions about that. For sure. Yeah, it was we'll definitely one of the lingering ones. Yeah. But that's also me wanting to know everything about Tom from Born to Run, want to know about Rachel and Connor, his his son, and, like, in the next scene that we're about to talk about, Marshall, the Marshall says, Edward Mars, he says that... It's been a few years. And so I'm like, Connor has now been, he's like five now. Yeah. he. It's been three years. He, his dad has been gone for longer of his life than he was there. I want to know about them. <laughs> well, let me just write that sequel and I'll get right on it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That would be better than, it'd be better than a reboot. Uh, listen, I always joke, half jokingly, if they redo the show, if they don't hire me to write on it, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I will only watch the Joe version. Excellent. I'll get right on that. Yeah. Okay, sweet. I would okay, also great. love to be a part of it, but thanks. Um, yeah, I'm fresh out of film <laughs> school. Please hire me. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um, so we have Kate and the Marshal, and he's like, will you be armed on the plane? And he's like, yes, I'm going to have an ankle holster, which is great stuff because in like pilot part two, I think, Sawyer says, yeah, he had an ankle holster. And then we're back here and he says, yeah, I have an ankle holster. Like, it's consistent. Yeah. Consistency. Totally. Continuity. Keep track of this. There's a, a man named Greg Nations, and he was yeah. the first few seasons. He had what I would describe as my dream job. My dream job is, you know, to be the, basically the manager of consistency. And he had the mm -hmm. Bible on props, scenes, costumes, all of it. Yeah. And okay. he's such a cool dude. And he went on to actually start writing episodes. But uh, what a job for this show to maintain the level of detail. So the callbacks are consistent. I thought they did an amazing job. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I had always wondered like if that was a real job because in my head, I came up with a job like that that was called the continuity consultant. Yeah, I think that's continuity supervisor. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the most bitching job you could have. If you're built like we are, like most people do not have the attention span. Right, right, right. But it's the, it's the minutia and the details. Like my day job, I'm a corporate archivist, so I'm basically a digital librarian, which is which is super helpful for uh, basically organizing my auctions as well. So I think yeah. that way, and I think structurally, and so yeah, I dig that. I'd love to do that. Yeah, like I always tell people, I say this is not a show that you put on while you're doing your homework. No, it's a laundry show. I go, I can like, watch Scandal and do laundry. I can't yeah. get lost. You gotta yeah. you sit and you stare at the screen and you can like fiddle with something in your hands if you want, but you're watching the screen because there's right. there's so many things that are visual that you you got it, you can't miss. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love this scene with the Marshall because there's so much in here because it's basically just a monologue for him, but there's so much like even when they say okay well you can't have your five guns with you you have to have it up front and it's like okay well that's how it got to the waterfall (laughs) that makes sense because it was in between like the fuselage and the cockpit in the waterfall things make sense it's great stuff this belonged to her childhood sweetheart who she got killed a couple of years ago when she was on the run poor guy her wife two-year-old kid what was his name? Huh? Well, somewhere along the way during the three years that I was chasing her, she starts calling me at my house and whining on about her mitigating circumstances. But what she's really doing is taunting me. So I tell her that I've got what's-his-name's little toy airplane in a safe deposit box in New Mexico. So she somehow figures out which bank, which safe deposit box. She seduces some idiot to rob the damn bank. And then she puts a bullet in her new friend because she's done using him. But she leaves all the money. She just takes the plane. Because that's the one thing in the whole world that Kate does care about. She has no attachments. And I think she's telling herself she needs it to atone for killing her boyfriend. What's his name? God, Kate, okay, come on. What was his name? Oh, you son of a bitch! Question. Do you think he actually remembered his name and was just taunting her, or did he actually forget? He, he probably forgot. Yeah. yeah. And it, this is actually one of the first episodes that I really liked Kate, too. Like, I wasn't a huge Kate mm. fan until the end. Really? Yeah, believe it or not. What was it about Kate that hit you the wrong I way? It wasn't her fault, but I just was sort of um, annoyed that she was the uh, at the point of the love triangle and not really, like, I just thought she was a badass fugitive and they could have done more with her on the island in that way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I think in later seasons, obviously, they used her very, very well. And I think they once they got to know, I feel like they wrote more for Evangeline's skill. Um, mm, yeah, and but the first season, I kind of was annoyed. I'm like, is is this badass going to just wind up being a romantic lead? Right. But then her flashbacks. That's absolutely fair. And her flashbacks though gave me hope. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. had great same, flashbacks. Same with Son. Like I was like, okay, Son's just not going to be this sort of submissive wife. You know, there's so much meat to her character, and like, thank God they explored it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a hard time with Son in the beginning because I was really afraid that she would just sort of be wet noodle. Um, yeah, yeah. and she's not. No. <laughs> no, she's the opposite of that. Yeah. 
he's bringing up the fact that she calls him. Uh, and this is really cool because this exact thing is brought back in season three. Yeah. I love this crap. And so he's <laughs> like, yes, I, I had a box in, in New Mexico. And what does she do? She has this entire plan to get this thing from a, a bank in New Mexico. And all she takes is the plane. And like yeah. he brings up because <laughs> he's just been thinking about this forever. And he he thinks that she's trying to atone for what happened to Tom. Right. We talked a little bit in our Tabula Rasa walkabout episode with Sarah about how potentially the Marshal might be a little bit like not necessarily in love, but a little bit infatuated with her. A hundred and eight percent. Yeah. And I was I was watching. Um, <laughs> I watched pilot one, pilot two and Tabula Rasa like literally two days ago with my friend Hannah, she was watching it for the first time. So much fun to watch people who are watching it for the first time. But but I was watching it and I was like, now that we've had this conversation about him, like really caring a whole lot about Kate, like it, it changes so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's an uncomfortable, it's, it's an obsession. For oh, yeah, for sure. And like watching this, I'm just like, there it is. Like I can never not see it anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, she attacks him because he forgets the name and he's like, yeah, that's why I needed five guns. And then they have this really great shot where she's on the ground and he kind of kicks the plane away and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. She's such a badass. She certainly becomes one. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, um, okay, let's talk about Shannon. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> this is like one of the like moments where I deeply dislike Shannon. Uh, in this in this scene because mm-hmm. she yeah she's doing her word search and Saeed comes up and and like you know you just think about it you say you guys don't even know like do they ever when they first get on the island do they think when they're like getting together they think oh yeah but remember that time when I asked you to right. wash my bag and you heckin didn't well and it, I was thinking too this show it, it took place in 2004 you know not long yeah. after 9-11 yeah and yep. You know, my spidey senses would have like tingled regardless. I know that she was just being a mean girl about it. Yeah. Didn't even really pay him any attention. But I just thought that was a really interesting choice for them to use it that way. Yeah. Because it reflects Shannon's character so much, which is, yeah, she changed a lot. But in a very short space of time, this is who she was like a month ago. Right. If that. Yeah. yeah. Boone comes up and it's, I always like really enjoy seeing Boone because they always do like a little reveal and, and people always go, oh, it's Boone. He's <laughs> pretty. So, like, he is pretty. And so he's like, yeah, you know, we're not in first class because you yelled at the at the guy at the counter or whatever. And that's even a bring back from pilot part two as well. When yep. she's like crying in front of the body and she says he wouldn't let us in first class. He saved our lives. <laughs> and he right. says, one day you'll appreciate what I do for you. And she's like, lol, whatever. <laughs> uh... Immediately goes back to Island, her crying. <laughs> I just think, I think I could pinpoint why I didn't, obviously we didn't have a lot of time with Shannon, spoiler alert. And um, I think that despite a few flashbacks that we get in season two, I just didn't get enough dimensions to her. Like we did the other characters where mm-hmm. I was compelled and drawn to her. Right. Yeah. I'm putting it as politely as I can. Sure. <laughs> um, but she leaves his bag. And so they're going up the escalator and she says, I wouldn't want to be next to a crying baby for 15 hours. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a number. Yep. So she decides to go up to security and tell them that Saeed just left his bag wherever. Excuse me, sir. Yes, ma'am. Hi, um, some Arab guy just left his bags in the chairs downstairs and then just walked away. Can you describe him, please? Um, 
Arab? He went towards the shops? Now I'm trying to figure out, like, I don't think that she actually thought he was a threat. I think she's just being a jerk. Oh, yeah, because she, she again, it's right after 9-11. She knows she can do it. Yeah. 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 What does he look like? What does he look like, just, Arab? Great. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's not cute. I'm surprised Saeed was still allowed to get on the plane. I know. But it's also interesting. I ca- I'm going to keep bringing it back to Pilot Part 2 because they are are bringing Pilot Part 2. Um, there's this thing called circle theory, and it's mainly about Harry Potter where it's like the first book has a lot of, of um, things that uh, connect with the last book and the second book and the sixth book and, and so on. And so it's interesting to me that the second last episode of season one and the second episode of season one have so many callbacks to each other but yeah but sawyer even says i saw you get pulled out of line before we boarded and this is why yeah mm-hmm. it's amazing it's incredible <laughs> i this is why i think what distinguishes the, and people get uh, bristly about this but there is a casual viewership which no one's judging of loss which is of course you don't pay attention to these details and you don't necessarily appreciate the callbacks because you're like, uh, what? It's like, I think that the people who watched it once and moved on, great. But yeah. then there are the rest. Yeah. The rest of us are enjoying exactly what we're talking about and spending three hours about talking about in 2018. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the details that went into it even as back as 2004. Yeah. And the care that goes into it, like they did it for the obsessive viewer. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I don't know if anyone does anymore. Yeah. Um, our final flashback we have here is with Sun and Jin. And Sun brings the tray of food. And she says, yeah, there were a lot of people in the line. But I got uh, some simple things. I have a question. How do people order food when they don't speak English? Did she, like, I assume just point? Well, she secretly did. So she ordered it by herself. Uh, yeah. Because I wonder. <laughs> I have a theory. That's me. She was spoke English to the people she was ordering ordering food yeah. to. And then she came back and was just like, um, yeah, don't ask me how I ordered this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah. I mean, that goes to show how unobservant Jin was about Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that was by, by design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was Where, such an ass. Sorry, part of my language. A jerk. No, he was. He was such a jerk to her. It was hard to like him at first. It was. because They Those didn't know him. Those first couple episodes, I truly disliked yeah. him. Well, and then the flashbacks don't help until they do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, in the first couple episodes, and I think the writers steered away from that, but it kind of comes off as an abusive relationship. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. 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 She puts the napkin in his lap and we have these two characters called Gina and Jeff who exist only in this one episode. Except in 2018, they exist everywhere. Yep. That's the truth. Yes. And so, yeah, Gina's just being a jerk. And you think, oh, Jeff, like, you should have married Gina. She's the worst. And then you go, and then he just, like, says something else that's racist. And you're like, ah, you deserve each other. <laughs> go go yep. hang out somewhere else. Seriously. But a really cool thing about this is that, you know, I've mentioned that the whole thing about the subtitles is that when they're having a conversation with each other, then you can see the subtitles. And once you can't see the subtitles, it's because you're relating to a different character who wouldn't be able to understand them. So Gina and Jeff start talking, and then you start relating to Gina and Jeff, not you know in their views or anything, but because they do speak English. And that's when the subtitles vanish. Interesting. And um, I have some translations. Okay. Yeah, what are they? I hope they cuss those two idiots out. <laughs> um, well, Sun's the only one who could understand what they were saying. Um, Okay, so Sun said, here you go. And then it fell in his lap and he said, oh, it's hot. And she said, oh, what can I do? I'm sorry, is it hot? And he said, (laughs) all right, all right, restroom. And that's it. 
Oh, no. And then Sun says, there he is, which I assume, you know, is lost in translation. And she's supposed to be saying, like, there it is. There's where the bathroom is. Do you think she did it on purpose? Oh, that never occurred I, to me. What makes you think I that? I always, always read that as she did it on purpose. Why, why would you say that? Because she was, because she knew that couple was kind of right about how, you know, I don't know. I just feel like she was sort of uh, embarrassed or wanted to distract him, you know, even though he doesn't know what they're saying or she wanted to distract herself. I don't know. I just read it that way. Huh. And sort of like a sweet little bit of revenge. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. I can see that. I can see yeah. that. So Gina mentions memoirs of a geisha, which is just a racist thing to say. Yep. And um, he's like, oh, don't, don't be so loud. And she's like, what? They can't hear us. And I'm like, yeah, but everyone else in the restaurant can. <laughs> you awful human beings. You, what's your garbage? No one cares. Open now. racism is, wasn't hip again until unfortunately now. And so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I hate now. <laughs> yeah, now sucks a lot, but let's go on. Yeah, now blows. <laughs> Interesting, though, that we judge these characters for what they say, but we kind of let Sawyer get away with a lot of the th- same things. I know. Things. That's the truth. And I think that, that the difference is that, like, we see Sawyer in the future and we know that he gets better, When whereas these characters, we see this one time. And so we have no way of knowing if they learn from their mistakes. Yeah, but even early Sawyer was pulling this kind yeah. of crap. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't have a shirt on, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to say it, but I thought it. <laughs> Um, those are all my flashback points, so we can go on to segments, and then we can get to spoilers. Yes, please. All right, so now it's time for our favorite line awards. My favorite line goes to Hurley for... I think Leslie's a bitchin' name. (laughs) (laughs) Mine goes to Sawyer for... Going in the jungle after the boomsticks, huh? (laughs) Boomsticks. He's special. And doesn't he eventually call... It's sort of a spoiler. Doesn't he call Shannon's legs light sticks? Um, he calls her sticks. He says, um, you're in my light sticks. Light oh, comma sticks. Oh, okay. Right, right, oh, right. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a while. <laughs> and mine, mine isn't fun, but I, I think that this not only is a great line for the entire run of loss, but also for the hundred. So it's Rousseau's line. Mm-hmm. You have only three choices. Run. Hide. Or die. Yeah. That's like all of Die All Die My Early Pretty too. much. Badass. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about some themes. So we're going to start with light and dark. So the dark and light that I pulled out this episode was um, just the um, concept of the dark territory. Yeah. And how the dark territory mm-hmm. is where the monster lives and and such. Well, and then the black rock. Yes. Right. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Uh, Britt, you got one? I was just thinking about, like, as always, there's always um, a temperature difference between the flashbacks Mm. and what we see in real time. And it's not so much light and dark, but I was interested in the color palettes that they chose for each of the flashbacks. Mm -hmm. They were different. Yeah. So Michael and Walt was a yellower color. And then um, Kate was very blue. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like... I don't know exactly what they're coded to, but I always found it fascinating that each character has their own palette. You know, like Ben definitely has his own Mm -hmm. palette on the show of, and I don't know what I'm trying to say other than I like color. (laughs) Nice. Nice job. Good job. Thanks. I'm really good at this. Yeah, words. Yeah. So now we're going to do Man of Science, Man of Faith. So I'm going to name some characters and we're going to decide if they were more science or more faith this episode. Okay. Jack? yeah, <laughs> almost always. Except yeah. I would argue or put out there that, you know, because of what Sawyer told him, he might start to turn a little toward faith. Right. <gasps> yeah. um, how about Kate? Hmm. 
She has faith in Jack and, and his trek and his reasoning. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then uh, how about Locke? I would, I mean, faith, right? Ongoing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hurley? Mm-hmm. I want to say, I, I, I'm not sure about his like overall arc in this episode, but I want to say faith because he gives Charlie his message and like has faith that he won't read it. But then he does anyway, so maybe that turns him to science before he goes on his trek. I feel like he has skeptical faith in the trek, but his bond with Dr. Arse makes me think that he respects science. Oh, because he's a science. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, then how about Arst? <laughs> I mean, science is a science teacher. <laughs> yes. Um, Rousseau? Hmm. Faith. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael? Science? I think faith. Okay, tell me why. I, I think it takes an awful lot of faith to even get this raft project going in the right, first place. Okay. But I also think he believes in so, the science of getting it launched and out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, Walt? <laughs> I want to say faith because he has faith that Vincent yeah. will help Shannon. Yeah. Um, Sawyer? Shirtless. Shirtless. Uh, no, I, I, think, <laughs> I think he has faith in his mission on the raft. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, maybe he has faith that by telling Jack this story that he's been keeping from him, that it will help him on his mission as well. Yeah, a little redemption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, redemption song. Oh, <laughs> next episode. Sorry, jump in the gut. <laughs> no. Uh, Saeed? <laughs> Science. Yeah. Right? He's like... Yeah, reason. Yeah. Um, Jin? Yes. Or Jin and Son, even? A little of both. I think, you know, they yeah. both believe that the, mm-hmm. the raft will rescue them, but they also have to have faith that they'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shannon? Um... <laughs> I mean, I would put her in faith for, I like... Could, I could feel the shame. I, I would put her in faith for the same reason that Walt is in faith. Yeah. That she, she decides to take Vincent. Yeah. And yeah. then Charlie. Oh, he's got faith in, the, in this whole mission. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got faith that, that his message in his bottle will be read. He's also going to be chilling with Claire on the beach and Turtle yeah. Head. He's chill. Yeah. He's got a good... Now we're going to do, did they do the thing? And the thing is when they say the episode title in the episode, they did not do the thing. They rarely do. You know, I, I remember them doing it way more often than they actually do. And now okay. I've made this a segment and I can't, <laughs> I can't get rid of it. <laughs> Fair. Um, it's late. How many episodes since the last knockout? This is our longest streak so far. Woohoo! Wow. Four whole episodes and somebody's been knocked out. Oh, that gets better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With like no, no head trauma at all. Right. I always marvel at how no one has concussions yeah. on this island. Uh, it's it's the island. It's the water. Yeah. Um. Does you does right. this episode pass the Bechtel test? I don't think so. I don't think so. No. No. Unfortunately. Yeah, alas. Uh. Here's where we would put listener thoughts. So if you have any thoughts, you can DM us on Twitter or email us at affectionaldispodcast at gmail with a just a a paragraph that you'd like us to read out, some questions or an audio message. Up to you. This is where it would go if we had some right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we actually got a, a lovely message from Angela, but she said that they were some good questions for the season one roundtable. So that'll uh, go up in a couple weeks instead. Yeah. Okay. Your oh turn, my God, so we can talk about spoilers now? Well, well, you have a lot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Stay tuned for our segment after the outro. We'll be discussing this episode within the context of the rest of the series. Please be aware that this will be rampant with spoilers, so proceed with caution. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We covered all of season four and we'll be talking about season five in April. <laughs> so far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also if you're a fan of Riverdale we've been covering season 2 of that and we covered season 1 so come join us in talking about different types of murder teens yeah it's actually pretty good <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm like less hate watching it now and actually watching it <laughs> um, you can follow at the aficionados on twitter facebook, tumblr, redbubble and youtube soon Ooh. and our patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados <laughs> that's it yep Okay, um, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R O B Y N E J E F F R E Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at Britannia, which is B R I T T A N I A with an underscore at the end. Joe, thank you so much for coming on this episode. Woo! Thank you for letting me ramble and tell ridiculous stories. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Joe Opinionated. Opinionated with a J. Thank you. Follow her Twitter, it will make your soul happy. <laughs> on a good day. <laughs> Unless she's feeling spicy, and then it's also a Watch good time. Out. It's also yeah. a good time. It still might entertain. It might entertain you. Um, join us next time for episodes 124 and 125, Exodus parts two and three, and we'll have Joe on again for that. Yay! Yes. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Spoilers. Spoilers. Gonna talk spoilers. I'm so excited to talk about spoilers. Welcome to the spoiler section. Woo! Finally, Finally. off the ropes. <laughs> okay. All right. What should we talk about first? Should I begin? should I go through the notes that I have first, and then we can and then we can start like Joe story time? Yes. Sure. I'll probably interrupt you in the middle, so it'll be great. Perfect. All right. So let's see. What's the first thing I have here? Is um. Rousseau and Claire share a look near the beginning there, and that's because Rousseau helped Claire. What's the word? Escape from right, uh, Claire. Does Claire like think she kidnapped her? Yeah. Well, I don't right. think Claire remembers that. Not there, right? Yeah, just yet. But um, but yeah. And, but also, I mean, Claire thinks that she's gonna steal her baby, which she does next episode. <laughs> right. Yeah. A valid concern. My baby. <laughs> and all of uh, all of Rousseau's stories are true, and we end up seeing them in season five, and it's amazing. Yeah. I remember that reveal that it was Rousseau, and like, first of all, reveal Jin's alive. Second of all, reveal he's with Rousseau and her team. Oh my god, that's an amazing episode. So great. Oh, so good. Ooh, let's talk about Annalicia and Jack. Uh, okay, so I, I mean, there's so much there. Yeah, <laughs> I, but just you know, a lot of fans may or may not know this that. Anna Lucia's last episode was the same uh, last episode for Libby and that both actresses, the episode was named Two for the Road, yep. uh, originally because the two characters get killed off, but also because they both got DUIs at the same time at the, after leaving the same party. Now, the, oh island, my God. You know, the island of Oahu is, is large, but there's not a lot of lanes. And uh, clearly they should have maybe, this is pre-Uber, taken the taxi. I'm not judging them, but it became kind of a funny thing later that that was the episode, that it was two for the road. But I just thought it was interesting now looking back that Anna Lucia's first introduction is she's drinking. And then her oh, last yeah. episode is two for the road. Wow. Oh my God. That just, it just put, I just put it together tonight. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Don't drink and drive, kids. Don't drink and drive, kids. Yeah, that's the big, that's the big moral. <laughs> that's a good takeaway, um, I think. Yeah. 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 So she's asking about his dad, and little do both of them know yeah. that she was in Australia with 
Jack's dad. And she doesn't even know that he died. Yeah. I yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Do we find out who she was on the phone with? Was it her mom? Yeah, I believe that she's on the phone with her mom. I'm trying to remember in, um, I believe it's Collision. Yeah. Well, her two episodes are Collision and Two for the Road. So I'm pretty sure it's in Collision. I think it's Collision, might be, yeah. Might be and Two for the Road. Mom she's like talking right there. On her, on the phone with her mom. Right. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if she like calls her mom and then it's like, hi mom. Or if it's like that phone call was her mom. I'm not quite sure at this point. Right, but. right. Well, and briefly, I'll tell you why I liked Anna Lucia. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like when you crash an airplane on an island, that you should be absolutely angry and she's the only one who held on to that anger. And I feel like it was right. twofold for her. And I get that she was abrasive. Um, and there were a lot of things about her and I get why people didn't like her. Twofold. One, she's angry about being stuck there and crashed and not have being having any way to get back. Two, after we find out what happens to her with losing the baby, it's very recent. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like it gave me a little more sympathy for Anna Lucia. That's all. I think my big problem with Anna Lucia was um, the moment where she manipulated and seduced Sawyer into and used yeah. him. Yeah. And I knew that if that had been, if the genders had been reversed there, that would have been a real big problem. I know. I thought it was an interesting yeah. choice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, know. I think there's a lot of gender stuff going on with Anna Lucia because if she was a male character, she would probably have been loved a lot more. That's oh, true. That's I very true. 316%. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Just I like how much of percentages numbers. have been escalating. Well, they're on last numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I always thought it was she was unfairly hated for showing traditionally, quote unquote, masculine qualities. Which right. are more Michelle Rodriguez than anything. That's exactly. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny that they had her, you know, flirt with Jack and sleep with Sora. And I was like, that's an interesting choice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's She's like, what, you had a love triangle? Pfft. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure everyone's um, getting what I'm putting down about Michelle Rodriguez, but she might maybe bat for my team. Um, she's, yeah, super, She's not super open, <laughs> but yet just have to do some Googling. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, imagine if Ana Lucia and Jack had traded seats. What huh. would have happened? Oh, you mean in the airplane? Yeah, yeah, because that's what she says. Like, can you imagine if Jack was was in the tail section and Ana Lucia was? Well, who would who would emerge as the watch. leader of the Live Together Die Alone group? The front section. I mean, it wouldn't be Locke. It wouldn't be Ana Lucia. I think that people would die. I think it'd be a whole different show. Yeah, I think people definitely would die. But I think that Saeed might be the. Saeed. But, yeah. Oh, ooh. If it was Saeed, like we see. As soon as they show up, Sawyer is already antagonizing Saeed for terrible reasons. And the person right. who uh, uh, breaks up that fight is Jack. Jack and so yeah. if Jack isn't there and there's no one to break up that fight, people might not trust Saeed for terrible reasons. Jin and Michael might have killed each other. I mean, you know. That's the truth. Yeah. yeah. So. Man. Yeah. Fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then Basically. what would happen on the other side of the island? Right. I mean, it's would the tailies be better off? Yeah. Even because, you know, I, I'm not really sure, but like all the things that happen over there where they, you know, steal the kids and everything. Like, I just wonder how Jack would have reacted differently yeah. to Anna Lucia. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. Another thing that happens is that uh, Jack gives Sawyer a gun because he's the only one who can use a gun on the raft. But Jin is actually one of the people that stays back at the end of season three to blow up the tents uh, and stuff. Right. Yeah. 
He learned. Um, but how are they to know? Because he doesn't right. speak English. <laughs> the marshal says that Kate's always calling him and stuff about her situation and such. Um, and that happens in I Do, which is at the beginning of season three, yeah. uh, when she marries Nathan Fillion. <laughs> which is so awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't wait, do, you, I don't do Taco Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, that's hilarious. An Albertan married an Albertan on an American show? Yeah. They sure did. That's amazing. I love it. Rousseau has the scratches on her arm, and those are from Claire's literal nails. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we learn Montand lost his arm, and Jin sure was there for that. <laughs> That's crazy scene. I loved the moment in season five where Jin is with them, and his arm falls off and everything, and then there's a flash, and suddenly the arm is like all... um gross and and <laughs> rotted and stuff yeah. because you know it's like far into the future okay season five is so underrated that's a whole other episode i uh, my favorite love season. season five thank you so heckin good yeah favorite season yeah okay um this is sort of out of order but what i was kind of hinting at earlier is uh with jack and kate and jack and sawyer i love what they wound yeah. up doing because con and doctor con and doctor juliet and J- jack right in the flash sideways they tried it didn't work because doctor doctor but it wound up yep. that each other's person was dr con dr con so oh i love that yeah <laughs> oh, i never even thought that's about that. so cute yeah yeah i love i just i remember the wars and stuff but to me it always this, the minute i saw suliet i was like this makes perfect sense to me i mean they sold Ooh. it within three out uh, three scenes in one episode it was unbelievable yep. Yeah. Like it, Liz, it was just Liz Mitchell the said same like Sawyers. we were given this episode going, "Really? Oh, that's not at all uh-huh. where we thought this was going." And you but know, then they were then, like, "Actually, yes." Yeah. And then Liz Mitchell always goes, "Josh Holloway is so handsome. Who am I to say no? I loved all those <laughs> scenes." She said he's the best character she's ever had on screen. Wow. I love that I didn't know that I needed to know, but now I need now I'm glad I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rousseau talks about how it is a security system to protect the island. Oh, and I like, love Hecken, that. exactly. I was obsessed with that until we saw what it was. Right. And it's so like, what exactly did you think in the beginning then? Well, I didn't think it was actually an electric fence and pylons or anything yeah. like that. Like I, I, <laughs> like, I did think it was some futuristic controlled animal, really. Like, or Ooh. some kind of, um, like, not ghost, but some kind of uh, projection. Oh, I okay. see. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And I was always fascinated by the fact that the sounds were of large trucks going by the freeway and then the, um, basically the tiller, the, the, the roller coaster, then the, the till at the 7-Eleven when they're adding up, um, you know, all right. of your purchases. And I thought that's got to be manufactured by someone. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was wrong. That's what the sounds were? Yeah. 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 I always thought it sounded like a T-Rex. Well, they combined them. Yeah, the the sound work on that yeah. show was spectacular. So yeah. good. Um, it, ama- it it amazes me that she was able to like. How did she know that? Because like that's literally exactly what it is. Well, a security I think, system to protect the island. Like that's amazing. How did she I find feel, that? I out? feel like she must have had some offline conversations with Ben or other others. You know, like mm. I feel like she's been on there so long. She knows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, Hurley says, uh, Arsd, I thought you were dead. And uh-huh. he's literally about to die. Yeah, he's about to go boom. Yeah. RIP in literal pieces. We all know that we're off the fight of the line for next episode, which is, dude, you've got some Arsd on you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, uh, we have 
Shannon saying, okay, but only until you get us rescued. And so I have this headcanon that Walt comes back to the island and works with Hurley and Ben and gets to, like, be with Vincent again. Oh, I like that. Well, I mean, last time we saw Vincent, he was hanging out at the hut with, uh, you know, Bernard and Rose. Yeah, and, like, sat with Jack for a bit. But, like, do you think that if Hurley is the new Jacob, he'd be able to touch Vincent the way that Richard was touched by Jacob and Vincent could just be an ever-living dog? My understanding is it does not affect animals, just humans. But let's go with it. Okay. I think that's the human ideal is an ever-living dog. Yeah, Uh, clearly, because I wouldn't miss out on my cat, but yes, a dog. Um, dude my cat is a cranky old jerk so yeah no he's a brooding little molder well well at least he's in character it's true we literally picked him out because he was a brooding black cat we had scully who was a um you know very flirty red cat so it was all working out yeah yeah but she was older and she she got sick when a couple years ago so he loved he actually does not miss her at all loves being the house cat so there you go our orange cat's the same way with our... Oh, we had a black cat, too. There you go. <laughs> Tigger and Bagheera. Aww. Tigger was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm the king totally. of the castle anyway. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, the last one that I have here is just that we see the Black Rock for the first time, and the way that the Black Rock got out there was that it was a slave ship and Richard. I love that. That... Uh, Abiturno is one of the best lost episodes of all time. I think everyone could yeah, agree. Yeah. I was just upset with the timing of it because I just, if I had one complaint about season six is that I did not like across the sea. I think it deserved to be in an earlier season. It was distracting from the finale mm. and didn't have anything yeah. to do with it really. And I, Abiturno also would have been great earlier for Albert. Um, but I thought it was a spectacular bottle episode. Honestly, like sometimes I'll just skip across the sea. Cause I'll be like, I know what happens. Exactly. Allison Chiatti's going to win an Oscar. It's fine. Like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, I have a fun name dropping story. Yeah. Do it. <gasps> That's not, all my notes are done. So it's all you. Okay, good. This is completely not related to anything except Titus Welliver in the finale. So yeah, it's Vancouver related. I, I, I was supposed to tell Claire this. So I hope she's listening. Okay. She will. The she same will day. Ti- everyone, Titus Welliver plays the man in black. Just man in black. Sorry. Know. Yes. Um, which you don't know until you're watching spoilers and then you do. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Long story short, which it won't be, um, in 2010, the same day I had met Liz Mitchell and I was just high as a kite on life. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. Um, besides meeting Lisa, of course. And <laughs> I was staying at um, a hotel in Vancouver and I was leaving the next day and I was like, I'm going to go downstairs and have a glass of wine because I need to celebrate this day. And all the other journalists had gone to sleep because they have real jobs. And I was like, I have a blog. I can go have a glass of wine. And because I didn't have an article to do. So I went downstairs and I'm sitting in the bar and I have no problem like having a drink by myself, going to a movie, whatever. And yeah. I'm like, I seriously thought again, am I being punked? Titus Welliver walks into the bar and I am looking heck? around and I am by myself and I, I, I'm not a person who takes camera photos stealthily or try, I'm not really a, you know, a star effer. And again, this is before cancer gets lost and I hadn't met mm-hmm. that many people and I wait 15 minutes. I see he's by himself standing at the bar doing a wine tasting. So I, I sidle up next to him. I go, Hey, How's it going? And he goes, do you want to talk about Lost? And I was like, ah! I said, actually, I'd love to talk about Deadwood first. He goes, okay. Because he just must have known I was a fan or whatever. I must have had this look on yeah. my face. So he yeah. talks to me about Deadwood. And then before I could even tell him I have a Lost blog and I'm spoiler free, he goes on to tell me he just got back from Hawaii. And he's like, I filmed this episode going across the sea. And Allison Janney plays my mom. And my brother is Jacob. And he's the one who brings everyone to the island. And this is why I'm tan because. Oh, my God. And I was like. Uh, and this is literally before I had seen anything in season six. Oh my God. And I think at that point I hadn't even seen the end of season five where he's on the beach with his brother. And like, I just yeah. was like, 
my mind was blown. And I was like, that is a lot of information. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. So so you didn't even know that he was in Lost? No, I sorry. I knew he was in Lost, but I didn't know we were going to get the backstory or that I don't think it was. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about the backstory. And we had seen that episode okay. of him and on the beach with his brother saying that it all happens before blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, so he basically spoiled the last second to last episode ever of Lost and told me about mm-hmm. Alice and Janney and the whole thing about mother and his brother and bringing people to the island. And with this, he was like, I'm the mother effing smoke monster. <laughs> and I didn't know that. Oh my God. Oh my God. That. That's, that's the season five finale, bro. Like you yeah. can't be doing that stuff. And he said that he goes, the best part is I was a eight year old son at the time and we're walking through New York city and I'm kind of recognizable. I'm a character actor. And this guy comes running across the street and you get a little cautious, but he comes running across the street. His arms are flailing. He goes, you're their mother effing smoke monster. And he, <laughs> he yells at, it, at Titus Welliver and his son was like, dad, is that normal? And he's like, yes, son, it is. This is normal. Uh, this is what I do for a living. You're the mother effing smoke monster. I mean, and that's how he described that's himself. Goals. He was so proud of it. And he's like, I play a lot of characters, but this is what people know me for. I mean, it was unbelievable. How did you handle being spoiled that badly? I didn't have context. I knew it was kind of a bottle episode. It was like the history of the okay. island. So luckily it didn't hurt too much um, right. okay. in terms of like that. But I mean- Listen, in, in a similar situation, two weeks ago, I was on the set of The 100 when they started filming the season finale of um, season five. I've seen zero footage of season mm-hmm. five. I know nothing despite being friends with the cast. And one of my best friends mm-hmm. is on the writing staff, Justine. I know nothing on purpose. Um, and I spent it in 12 hours on set. Out of context, I actually <laughs> oh wasn't that God. spoiled. I saw some cool sets. I saw some scenes filmed with some people I love. and I. But like honestly, it doesn't spoil the season for me. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. like what I tell people, like, like people who are, are watching season one only, and they're yeah. like, well, what if I did stay for the spoiler section? I'm like, girl, it's going to make no sense to you anyway. Right. Or it'll make you want to watch it more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think that's my last name dropping story. And I, I, I'd apologize, but I don't know. It's kind of cool. Well, if you, no, think, it's for, so if cool. you think of some more, you're back <laughs> next episode. So that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely think it's so cool because you have like this whole fandom history that I very rarely get to talk to people who have that deep a history. That's true. I do have a rare mm-hmm. history with this. Yeah. yeah. It's an experience, man. It's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's cool. Um, my spoiler section thing that I always do is just to clap because I want the hatch open. <laughs> yeah. Just open the hatch, please. Yeah, and we'll get to it next week, but the the most infuriating thing that got fans so upset was back in the day, I mean, the first season finale of this amazing show that was such a huge mm-hmm. hit, like back then it had like 25 million viewers, which now nothing really gets except for a reality, t- reality TV, but the mm-hmm. fact that they ended without an opening was such a point of contention that we had months to a that. year to wait. I thought it was brilliant. You know, especially now at spoiler alert, we get to see Desmond in the you know the first episode, and then we had no context for what we're looking at. I thought that was so well yeah, done. I think so too. Uh, I totally agree. And I have to say that all this revisiting of Lost and looking at the first hatch, it's very clear that Jason and his staff like Lost. I mean, the bunker is mm-hmm. like yep, um, yep. like, and Desmond's in the bunker. I'm like, really? Yeah. Okay. 
I love it. They had like that matching shot of them looking down and I was like, oh, okay. I got it totally matched. I remember (laughs) watching The 100 for the first time and like season two, they like throw Kane into that pit where like Jaha also is. And I kept being like, oof, looks like it's time to read Our Mutual Friend, my dude. Oh my God, totally. (laughs) Well, we all love Ian Cusick, but the first season of The 100, I was not quite sure what his accent was, but now I am. You know, it's like, okay, Yeah. yeah. You just kind of go with it. You're like, sometimes it's got a little bit of a lilt. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. Totally. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. He does his best. I hope fans who don't know me think, like, I'm not bragging. I honestly, I love sharing these fans' experiences because I am a fan first and I have sort of, not earned is the right way, but over the years garnered uh, these great relationships because of the charity and because mm-hmm. of that, it's sort of extended into these kind of opportunities. And I'm also like, I'm very spoiler free and I would never spoil anything. And I will say that after the hundred season five finale airs, I will share stories and photos. Oh, sweet. Yes. Yes. And we'd love to have you on the, on the finale episode of the hundred as well. Like we did last year. Ooh. Yeah. Especially since I was there for the first day. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. 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 No, I love when you share these stories. Cause like for me, it's just sort of like sharing of like more fun and passion and behind the scenes stuff that you don't get to hear from other people. Right. And I also like to illuminate the amazing human beings that make the art that inspire and change our lives. And I feel like it's important to do that. I do it with charity, but also a lot of these experiences I'm talking about today aren't necessarily, it's an extension of the charity that we met through, but like it is, these are human beings with lives and they are, they are, some of them are spectacular. Most of them are. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Should we do our outro? Yeah, sure. We're done. Yeah. All right, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for letting me babble on. Babble on! <laughs> and uh, I love it. And I obviously <laughs> love talking about loss more than anything uh, besides charity. And it's a really good mix. And it's really fun to revisit. And it brings up a lot of, it like reinvigorates me too, because I'm working on this giant auction that started mm-hmm. with loss. And now I have 75 TV shows because of it. So in an yeah. auction. And uh, I couldn't be more thankful to not only the Lost community, but I obviously have to do a shout out to the 100 community, which has really put Cancer Against Lost on the map uh, the last few yeah. years. And and I appreciate that people like you let me talk about Cancer Gets Lost and also of our course. beloved show together. And I, I look forward to the next segment. Do you want to remind us where we can find you on the internet again? <laughs> everywhere. Um, <laughs> you can literally find me everywhere at Cancer Gets Lost and at Joe Opinionated, which is opinionated with a J, which is pretty much encapsulates who I am. Of course. Uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me at at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Redbubble, and YouTube soon. Nice. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. It's expensive. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. (laughs) Are you married?